We don't want a bank. We want financial freedom. That's why we rewired the American financial system. So your money can work as hard as you do. For your first home. For his degree. For her future. That's what we're chasing together. All in one app. Seven million strong from Main Street to Wall Street. Moneyline. Here we roar. What's up, fans? Moneyline is the best. It helps people get control of their money. Download the Moneyline app and stay tuned for something wild at 420. Get the <laughs> link in the description. So you believe in you believe in UFOs. You believe that the government's hiding stuff from us. Kinda. I don't disbelieve. Don't I don't dis believe. Yeah, I don't believe it. I don't disbelieve, but I don't but believe. Listen, I um, think it's possible. Can I give possible. you my opinion? Yes, please. I don't believe the universe just chose us to be the only one. Yeah. Look at these guys. They're so special. They're going to be the only one in existence. You know what? And those nobody in trillions of miles away is going to be existing with them. Trillions of miles. I mean, from the end of time, there's nobody that's going to ever exist but us. We're going to handle all this space by ourselves. You believe that? <laughs> no, no, I don't believe so that. So 10 million miles of space, there's nobody. A billion miles of space, there's nobody but us. I think there's definitely some shit visiting us over the course of human history. Bro. Maybe they're unconscious. Hello, this is another episode of Hot Boxing. I have my co-host here, my man Bash. And we're here with the incredible Joe Rogan. How you doing, brother? Thanks for having me. Man, it was a pleasure being here with you, man. Tell it was fun us. hanging out today. That was a fun podcast. Oh, it's getting ready to be even more fun. I'm excited. So tell us, brother. Well, how do you feel about all this magnificent success you've been having? Uh, it's bizarre. It doesn't, yeah. seem, doesn't seem normal, you know? Every it's time we turn strange. around, we hear about you getting a deal here, getting a deal here, getting a deal here, and then we heard somebody try to cancel you. There's been a lot of that. Yeah, that's why yeah. we got this stuff relevant, so no one can cancel you, and you could do all the counseling. How do you all feel right? about that, like, like the whole cancel culture? Well, what it is is a, it's a culture of people being able to express themselves. Mm -hmm. And when people can express themselves, they can change the way other people feel about things. They mm -hmm. can get... People upset at things. You can say things <laughs> that you've never been able to say before. Mm -hmm. You have, like, so many people have the ability to express themselves now. So it's like you can get someone fired. Like, if you decide that you're going to pile on to someone because you don't like what they said or what they did, you can get them fired. That's a new thing in history. Because before, you would have to have, like, a letter-writing campaign. Like, if someone had done something and they were a movie star mm -hmm. and you didn't want to go to their movies, you had to, like, organize. Someone had to figure out a way, like, how do we let people know that this guy sucks? Yeah. Like, what do you have to do? And they would have to have made, like, you know, they would have to get, like, mailing lists and actually send out letters and shit or... They would have to find a way. Now all you'd have to do is like tweet about something or yeah, make a YouTube it. video about something. So in some ways, it's like it, it, it's forcing people to get their shit together. Exactly. How do you think that affects people in the art, in, in the art realm, like com comedians, right? That must be hard for comedians now, right, with the cancel culture? It definitely is. I mean, um, it, Ari Shafir said something very smart about it. He said it made comedy dangerous again. He's like, because people can pretend that you're not just talking shit. They can take your words out of context and try to make it look like you mean something by what you're saying. And that's you write when, something in, in print. That's when, um, that's when the counterculture starts to recounter itself. That means we can't say something because you don't like it, you particularly don't like it, or your organization don't like it. 
Yeah. There's that, too. It's like when you have a, a corporation and you're in control of, like, what gets shown. Like, they can just decide. If you if you're, you have something to say about something and they don't agree with it, they can yeah. just decide to remove your videos. Yeah. And you know that. So you have to watch what you say and watch what you do. But it's different. So it's, it's different. It's different. I wonder if there's like an upside to it. I wonder if all this extra sensitivity is going to make people more conscious about what their words mean to other people. Mm, no, listen, you know, no, it's not going to do that. You don't think so? No, there's it's not gonna, no it's upside gonna, it's at gonna all. Always be somebody to say, "F them." Right. What about me? I got my feelings. I'm, I'm a human being too. That's true. It does get to a point where like people want to be. They want to have f felt bad about something someone said. They want to be upset. Like, it's recreational outrage for some people. Like, people are too woke. Yeah, like, maybe it's yeah. just like... What's that woke stuff? I heard about that. trying so hard. Tell me what woke means. It's like... It's complicated. It means good... The, some people think it means good things. What's the abbreviation mean? It's essentially like being enlightened and be like... Be awake. Yeah, be awake. Wake something up. that's all bigger. all the bullshit. That's bigger, that's yeah. bigger than yourself. Then what should thing. we know? That what's bigger than us? God. God. After that, what's bigger than us? Well, that's what a lot of people believe the problem is, is that a lot of people don't have God, and they, they substitute God for other things that mimic the same kind of control religion has, and ideologies are one of those things. Listen, I'm Muslim, right? So my daughter said, God, Jesus said we were gods, but we can die like normal kings and princes. I said, yeah, we can't talk. No. I said, look it up, because I'm always doing I'm, conf I'm always confrontational with my daughter. I said, look it up, show me it. <laughs> like, where is it? I mean, and she's looking through the Bible, she's looking. I said, you can't find it, can you? And she said, she's waiting. And then she finds it. Jesus said, we all are gods, but we could fall just like any king or prince when we're, once we're hit, we're going to die. We're living. So we're demigods, pretty much, Jesus said. We're gods just with flaws. And so since you know you have flaws, but our only flaw is dying, truly. Because mm. we know we could, um, we could be allowed to be forgiven for everything we did, but we can't be forgiven for dying. We're, always, we're all going to die. Yeah. And what do you think happens when we die? Do we just, do we, we're like trees, like when the, the plants die, and then the um, summertime comes, they, they come back to life, they blossom again. Mm. Is that what human beings do, you think? What's no. fascinating about the Bible you know? is what that stuff. What makes you think that doesn't happen? We don't, nobody knows, No one right? knows, no one knows. I know but there's I, God, though. I know there's yeah, God. Yeah, but I feel like, you know, that's what we're like plants. We're dead. This is, now it's time for, you know, we die and God creates. Whatever you do, God's going to create. You play football, he's going to create. Mm -hmm. You lose games, he's going to create. You win championships, he's going to create. Whatever happens, God is creating. Yeah. The wild thing about the Bible is that it's thousands of years old and people are still reading it. They're still, they're still reading this thing that was the framework for civilization. You know what that tells you? That people are born to worship. We're born to worship people. There's probably some, they, I think they've, they've isolated that no. part of like human psychology. That's like, it's something that we need. Even the hardest man in the world would say, wow, you, had a, you did a magnificent job. That was splendid or whatever. It's in our nature, don't care how tough we are, don't care how successful we are, it's in our, our nature to yes, worship. Our friends at Manscapes are turning their men's shower dreams into their favorite routines. The ultra premium new collection. 
is an all-in-one hygiene skin and hair bundle. It's designed to upgrade your shower from head to toe. Using Manscaped during my showers after workout has given me much more confidence. The shower routine uses all the collections products. You start with the Cologne Infused Ultra Premium Body Wash. You'll smell so great, all the ladies will be after you. Next, you apply the two-in-one shampoo and conditioner that cleanses. <laughs> Once you hop out the shower, apply the Manscaped Aluminum-Free Deodorant. If you have tattoos or dry skin, hit your skin with the Hydrating Body Moisturizer Spray. Last but not least, check out the Lawnmower 4.0, electric trimmer to clean off any unwanted body hair. The Lawnmower 4.0 is waterproof, and so it can join you in the shower. Although your balls might look like punching bags, don't treat them like one. The lawnmower is designed to cut hair on loose skin. Get 20% off free shipping with code to hotboxing at manscaped.com. That's 20% off free shipping with code hotboxing at manscaped.com. It's time to get wet and clean with your new Manscaped shower routine. Yeah, I remember, I think, reading something saying that the Bible is probably the most bought book ever or, like, most, like, read book ever. It's, it's pretty honestly amazing. It's probably that and then Harry Potter. <laughs> Harry Potter is probably a strong second. That's no cap. Harry, yeah, po- really Harry Potter might have the Bible beat. When I look at... When you I might want to look that up. When you look Harry at- Potter might have the Bible beat. The, the Bible's interesting. That's how gangster that lady is. Everybody is... um. Everybody got the, the Bibles is all different stories. Well, Mike, that's what we were, we were talking stories. about, that, the Dead Sea Scrolls and the, the podcast that we were doing earlier. That's, that's where it gets really wild. That's thousands of years old. They found it in a, mm. a cave in Qumran. They just found these scrolls that has versions of the Bible that never had seen before. Well, let you know, Constantine, he said, hey, you could put that in the Bible. No, you can't put that in the Bible. Yeah. No, like 300. Yeah. AD, a beast. What, they Whatever the New Testament was, whenever they did He brought did all that. the yeah. religious people said, no, you can't put that in the Bible. Yeah, you can put that. No, not that. Well, maybe that. Yeah, that's okay, but take that out. The yeah. thing is, like, for sure, there was, man had a hand in it, mm-hmm. but when you go back and read, like, what were they trying to say? Like, what was the, when it was written in ancient Hebrew and then they mm-hmm. translated it into Latin, they mm-hmm. translated it into Greek. Like, when it was in ancient Hebrew, like, what were they trying to say? What they was saying this? this? What, what were you writing What down? they're saying right now, what, what preachers are saying right now, surrender to God. Regardless of who it's surrender to God. That's what they're saying. That's what it's always, that's what it's ever been since the beginning of yep. time. Mm-hmm. Surrender to God. Since the beginning of let there be light, surrender to God. And I think it's interesting because <sighs> I think in majority of religions, like you said you're Muslim, right? Yeah. There's always one entity, right, that you want to worship and give, give, you know, give your all to yeah. and devote yourself to. So I think it's interesting because essentially God's in everything, kind of, right? Does that make sense? It's just in different forms, different religions and different... Every religion has some kind of God, right? Yeah, yeah. Except for weird ones. You know, there's probably a few made-up ones. That yeah, don't well, have listen, God, at right? one time... Like I, recent, like I was, recently created ones? I was explaining ones. to him earlier that at one time superstition was a religion. You know, superstition was a religion. People, I yes. Know that. I didn't know that. Hold my butt. I used to hold my button when I go by a Catholic church of graveyards or something. So, <laughs> so I hold my button to Catholics. I thought I'm crazy. I don't know what the hell I would do. My mother told me to do this crap. But uh, let's move on to a different note. So now you're in I Texas. I love this guy. Now this you're in Texas, I love this huh? Fucking guy. You're yeah. from California. Hey. 
Yeah. What's what? What is it like down here? What was the whole, what was the whole vibe? Do you like it? Well, I came out here uh, in May of 2020 when LA was locked down, mm-hmm. and two weeks had become you know a couple of months, and there was no hint of anything opening up. It was mm. weird, and we came here, and it was totally different. We came here, and everybody was going out. You go to the lake. There's people on boats. And my kids jumped in the water and they were playing. They're like, we want to live here. And I was like, I will fucking move here right now. And my wife agreed. And we said, let's go. Let's try it. And so we just, I, it was just, it was a different feel. Houston is there was nice. So, there's so much Houston, fear. Wow, this is nice, Houston. It's so nice. People are so nice here. But it was just a different feel than L.A. And then I realized part of it is like, in L.A., you're connected to television shows and mm. movies. You're connected to like executives and studio heads and Hollywood. It's like a different world because yeah. comedians are always trying to get on those shows. You know, yeah. they're always trying to get booked in these. You're a different mean things. comedian. I'm not a mean comedian. Yes, you are. No, I saw you in one of your shows. You were mean to everybody. No, you're hitting people. Now, no, you ever no, see? No, no, Let's no. look at some of the show. Please don't pull Let's up, look up my shows. Joe Rogan being mean. I, I'm never mean unless someone's mean to me. I don't, I'm, I'm, that's the last no, thing I want to be. I'm on my be. show, I always like hecklers. I love hecklers. You like hecklers? I love the rip into, I, and that's the dark side of me. I don't like hecklers. That's the dark side of me. I love the heckler. So essentially, you just found a new place. I just felt, nice. it felt it's like nice. more it's relaxed nice. here. Yeah. Like people are nicer. Southern just, hospitality. It was, it was a different yes. kind of vibe. I agree. It's like heaven out here. Yeah. I was, I was the death. this is awesome. Are you really Googling am I mean? How dare you? <laughs> Who's doing that? Uh, what are you doing? And sticking that in front of my face? We forgot we'll talk that about stuff. how we to not make someone stuff. feel comfortable. He's got a giant screen. Is Joe Rogan mean? You saw that fuck out right here with that. What's your sign, Joe? I'm a Leo. But yeah. Do you believe in that stuff? Yeah. Really? Yeah, listen. Jewish people didn't believe in that either, right? And then they found a 7th century... Um, what is a synagogue with the um, the whole? Um, look it up. Seventh century synagogue with the um, with the horoscope on the floor. Really? Yeah. Wow. Seventh century. It was religion at one time. How the fuck did they figure that out? See? How did they figure out? Seventh century? Is it a? Is it a? What is it? That's different. Synagogue. Seventh uh. century synagogue. I've never had someone explain to me how they figured out astrology. Have you ever heard it explained? Um, listen, um, people believe it. I know a lot of people believe it. I know a lot of people like live their life, like Nancy Reagan used to live her life by it. Did live you know life? that? Yeah. yeah, Nancy Reagan was oh, like listen, heavy. My, my mentor Google Customato this. did. My did he? Customato really? How do you live your life by, by that though? You she can. would make decisions. You read it every like, day. Uh-huh. She would make decisions every like day what and every Ron night. could do and not do. With Ronald Reagan, the fucking president, what he could and couldn't do, what should and shouldn't do, based on horoscopes, based on astrology. And listen, and she right? had someone to like. I guess that the people that are real good, they they find out what time you were born, mm-hmm. what listen, part of the country. You know what I find you out? Know, my what, mentor, my mentor, Customato is a, f- a damn mystic. Everything he believed was psychological. He didn't never, he never, that's how come he died. He never went to the hospital. He didn't believe in doctors. How long really? did he live for? 77. Wow. Wow. 77? Never went, no hospital? Never went to the doctors. Very rarely. Never did that stuff. Never Just did the clean, clean, clean. No, he didn't eat well either. He just didn't believe in hospitals. They had a different time. Like, in, like in his, his parents died like in the 20s or something. So he's seen people come in there with the little stretcher and carry them in and... You know, they might be some 
Irish doctor, they may drop the fucking body and hit on the head and laugh because some Italian guy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm serious. Mike, look at that a horoscope. Look at that. That's, yeah, that's, that's the one incredible. in the synagogue. That's so, incredible. So, so listen, don't ever doubt me when I tell somebody something. Okay? <laughs> no, I, People try to doubt me, you know. Jews don't believe in this shit, so why is it in the synagogue? Listen, you have this, this thing been here longer than our grandparents, so we have to, they have to be mean something. Seventh century? God, man, 700 AD? Come on, man. That's 700 years after Christ they're doing this stuff. What do you think is more accurate? Do you think like that horoscope or um, the Chinese horoscopes that have like, you know, year of the goat? Oh, yeah, like, yeah what, Which one is more they accurate? All, they're all combined. They're combined in one. They're all one. It's all one sort of thing. It's one, probably, it's diff, probably different languages, different mm. culture, but it's all one. Mm. I wonder if you read like someone's horoscope from both of those things and tried to... Do like, they do? I wonder if they line up, though, you know? Listen, um, they've been doing this longer than we've been alive. Well, the people that are really good at it, they insist that it's, like, very complicated and that it's, like, a, like reading someone's thing. It's, it's not, like, not guesswork. You have to, like, compile all this data of what time and what part of the world and what part, time of the year. Listen, some people would call it black magic. You know, it's, it's, yeah. more, it's more black magic than that you would say Christianity or Islamic or anything, wouldn't you say? But it's, it makes sense, though. It does make some it kind of sense. sense that if everything is moving and everything has gravity and it moves through the cosmos I'm and it's cancer. in different positions. Listen, I'm the cancer. I'm what? I cry over anything. I'm crying over fucking Rose. Rose is crying. <laughs> she got me. I'm crying. She made me cry, too, though. Yeah, but, you know, that's, it's just... I'm emotional like that. That's why I was successful as a fighter, because I'm about to kill this motherfucker. <laughs> you know, but I want to do it right. I don't want to just go there. Yeah. I want, it's just a, it's a way to do it, you mm. know? But I got the desire to want to kill somebody. You have to the, have the desire to want to hurt somebody to be a fighter. Mm. Speaking of fighting, UFC 273, what do you think about uh, Hazmat? Let me see That's these guys. Who's Hagamash? <laughs> <laughs> So let's see who these guys, who's fighting now? Kamzat Chemaev. Oh, yeah, he's you know from who, Chechnya. He's you know who called him? Psychopath. You know who called him? That's a wild fight. dude. Huh? Wait, yeah. would you call him? You called him Hamzat. Oh, Hamzat? Hamzat Chemaev. Okay, Hamzat. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Colby Covington calls him Cumshot. So does. Uh, very rude. So, yeah, come, listen, a lot of other guys do it too. Oh, so yeah. Is, remember, listen, um, say that, yo, he calls him what? He calls him cum shot. What? Listen, I can't very say rude. that about that. Very rude. Remember, but um, he's just fucking with his head, obviously. Remember, um, Izzy, we had Izzy on the show at Asanya. Oh, he says it too. At Asanya, yeah. he said that too on the show. <laughs> like a thing now? Like, what? Yeah, it sounds like something him, Izzy this guy this. Did you watch that fight, Mike? Which one? Between him and Gilbert Burns? No, but I know this guy has some, he has some issues that he looks like a nice guy, but he's kind of psychopathic, Oh, he's right? a full psychopath. <laughs> full psychopath. You think he's a rising star? Oh, yeah. Uh, I mean, he, he, he just beat Gilbert Burns. Gilbert yeah. Burns was a number two contender, yeah. I think, or number three. Him, huh? He beat him. No, yeah. it was a close fight. Yeah, wow. It was a good fight. It was mm -hmm. a very, very good fight. Mm -hmm. Some people even thought uh, Gilbert won. Like, um, oh, let's look at I have good friends that texted Ooh. me afterwards and they thought Gilbert won. Mm -hmm. uh, I thought it was a very good fight, though. Yeah. Very close fight. It was the first time Hamzad had ever been tested. Gilbert dropped him. Well, you know Gilbert hit him with a big right hand and dropped him. How do you think uh, he'd match up with Edesanya and Usman? See, the thing is, like, they look too Us big for Usman him. beat Burns in his last outing pretty handily. Uh huh. 
I mean, Us Burns caught him in the first round with a big shot, but Usman survived easily and then stopped Burns uh-huh. afterwards and just was the first guy to be able to really dominate him like yeah, that. Burns, so there's like you know, got this high this level. He's a good yeah. fight, but he gets hit a lot. Well, Burns is a wild man. He's a wild man. It's one of the reasons why he's so good, but it's also one of the reasons why he took this fight because he's got the balls to fight this big giant welterweight mm-hmm. and go to war with him. Yeah. And uh, very little of the fight was on the ground. And even on the ground, the thing is, like, Gilbert's, like, Ooh, he dropped yeah. a little jab. Gilbert is super dangerous on the ground. I mean, yeah. he's a four-time Brazilian jiu-jitsu world champion. And really started his career at 155, fought at 55 for a while. But at 170, mm. I mean, he, he beat Tyron Woodley pretty handily. Mm-hmm. He's a beast, man. He's really good. He's enthusiastic, too. Oh, he's a fucking beast. Enthusiasm makes yeah. it happen. Yeah. I always he's, tell my daughter that. The enthusiasm makes it happen, yeah. baby. He's a born fighter. Yeah. And he's also a guy who competes regularly in grappling at an elite level. Wow. Yeah, he fought Rafael Lovato. He had a match with him, a jiu-jitsu match with him, mm-hmm. and uh, beat him. And Lovato is, like, top of the food chain, American-Brazilian jiu-jitsu black belt. Like, world champion in Bellator, like an elite, elite guy. And Gilbert beat him in a grappling match. I mean, he didn't submit him, but he beat him on points in a grappling match, which is crazy yeah. for a guy that's fighting at this level mm-hmm. in the UFC to also be able to compete at a super high level in grappling simultaneously. Yeah. I mean, that's what a warrior Gilbert Burns is. He's a beast. But that dude, Hamzat, is yeah. the fucking truth real deal he's the fucking truth because mm-hmm. he got hit with bombs he got his head spun around backwards Ooh, never he backed kicked, off he kicked uh, him off the oh pit. yeah he almost kicked him out of the picture of the, with the television right? oh, this is a battle, this <laughs> right, is he, a battle. he got dropped battle. here and immediately yeah. dives in and grabs a hold of him and takes him down i mean he was on queer street right there oh, they fighting hard it was a guys. war yeah, it was a war the first fight that he was ever really tested inside the octagon. And the, for all the, the other fights that he's had, he's had four wins, he's been hit twice. And that's not bullshit. Four wins, he was hit twice. In this fight, he was hit like 119 yeah, times or something crazy. It was an amazing fight. Listen, we were just, didn't we just read about the Chetnians? Yeah, we, we just did. What kind of mentality yeah. they are? Top fucking that's people, man. That's their mentality, too. Yeah. And you know what they do for entertainment? They wrestle bears and they, <laughs> and, they and they no listen. I've been there. I travel. I stayed there. I've been there. Um, the president. I know the president ran them. And um, they watch like Evil Knievel stunts and tricks and the guy with a motorcycle. Just the whole time you sit there and watch it. They they yeah, have a exciting. lot of MMA fighters that come out of there. They, I, oh sorry. They no. I was, I'm just gonna say they they get behind a lot of MMA fighters. It's very like combat sports-driven country. So when a guy like Hamzat comes out of there, you mm-hmm. also got to think, like, horrible place to live. Listen, you know, it's dangerous. Life is, and just, life yeah. is not worth war. a quarter. Yeah. Life is just worth a, a word. Yeah. Not worth anything. It's a war-torn part of the world, and the people that survive, guys like him, and then he goes over to Sweden becomes an elite wrestler. But, the people that he trains with, mm-hmm. he's like their brothers who would never fight them. He, he's, like, very tightly knit with the people he trains with. Because he just started training with this English guy, Darren Till. It's mm. kind of a hilarious duo. Darren Till is this Muay Thai fighter from England. He fights in the UFC, and he started training with Hamza in Sweden. They become, like, best friends. And now they call each other brother, and, like, everybody's his brother. So he's got, like, this tight-knit team yeah. until he goes to war. Listen, and then when he goes to war, he just wants to kill everybody. Listen, no one knows how much the warrior spirit is in the English people. Yeah. They're nothing but warriors. It's nothing but warriors. That's all they know how to do is fight. You go to England, everybody in England knows how to do a fight. They may know how to win, but everybody knows how to fight. I didn't know that. Yeah. I didn't know that at all. 
Joe, I was curious to know, you starting off commentating for uh, UFC, did you ever think it was going to be as big as it was? No, no, not at all. No, I always thought it would be some weird fringe thing that I liked. That, like, I like some fringe things. I like, I like watching professional pool. I play pool, so I watch. Nobody watches that, right? I watch it. Yeah. I like, so I thought it was like that, Minnesota, one of those French things. Fats and Willie Moscone. Yes, back in the day. And they had their, their, what was this guy named Don? He was like the protege, he was like the protege of Minnesota, nah, Willie Moscone. I forgot his name. He was, a, he was good too, Don something. Yeah, I used to watch those guys. I'm not I sure who that young. would be, but I yeah. I met Minnesota Fat and Willie Moscone before. Oh, did you really? I was a young kid, 13, oh, wow. 14. Oh, wow. Yeah, pool used to be a big thing. Now nobody really. You got to watch it on YouTube. Listen, That's the only way people watch I gotta it. Gotta keep it real. Pool became a big thing because of Minnesota Fat. Because he was the Muhammad Ali of Pool nigga. He talked so much shit. Mm. Do you know he stole his name from the movie The Hustler? Minnesota Fat. Yeah. Get out of here. Yeah. He New York Fat at first. Yep. Right? Yes. Uh, you do know Mike knows. <laughs> That's <laughs> it. Yeah. He was New York Fat. Minnesota. Minnesota. That slick pimp stuff, right? Yeah. Because Minnesota, <laughs> Minnesota Fat's the guy was like a hustler. He was like a one pocket player and a hustler, he and he just took play, the he game. He could never beat Willie Moscone in no. a fair game. No. He got to play the trick shot. Mm -hmm. He could beat him in a game of one pocket, maybe. They would play with like, each Moscone guy would have one master. corner yeah, pocket. Yeah, yeah. Moscone was his master, but yeah, he, this is the difference. Moscone could always beat him, but watching him play is exciting. Yeah. And watching Moscone play. Well, he Moscone, would talk all kinds yeah. of shit. Talking shit. He was the Miami Lea Pool. He was talking shit. Talking said, shit and running out. This is going to come up your mother's skirt right now. Yeah. <laughs> when I, uh... He was a gambler. That was the big thing. Okay. He was a gambler. Moscone was a big time yeah. tournament player. The guy that could beat him in straight pool couldn't yeah. beat him for money. Yeah. Yeah, Moscone was the guy that would win like world championships in straight clean pool. Guy. Mr. Mr. Yeah. Moscone is nice a very tie. Clean, classy guy. Yeah, Minnesota Fats. We used to be New York Fats. He's a monster. He was just a, a you know, a shit talker who played real good pool. Mm -hmm. Everybody was, was scared of him. He had a great personality. No, he was yeah. a big personality, you know? Fun fact. My dad bought me a pool table when I was, like, maybe 12, 13. And me and him used to run it all the yeah. time. So yeah. I think that's pretty cool that, that that used to be your thing. You ever hear the singer Emma James? Emma James. Yeah. Yeah, I've heard the name. She said Minnesota Fats was her father. Oh, wow. Probably. He probably got yeah. around. That was back in the day you'd get laid if you played good pool. That's hilarious. <laughs> you know? Try that. What's your strategy? He was more Mike, how are you going to get laid? <laughs> I'm going to learn how to play pool real good. Uh, he was more, he was more than a pool player. He was a big personality, you know? He was more than a yes. pool player. No, he was an entertainer. Yeah. He definitely made uh, the sport bigger, but a big thing that made the sport bigger was that movie, The Hustler. Yeah. The Hustler was a huge movie. And when that Gary movie Glee, came uh, out... Gleason, Johnny... And what was the name? Uh, Jackie Jack Gleason, Gleason and Paul Newman. And then they did the, another one Ooh, with Tom Jackie Cruise, Gleason The Color so, Money. Yeah, but ja Tom, um, Jackie Gleason just so cool. Oh, he was the best. He's he so was like cool. the first guy to ever play pool on TV that actually knew how to play pool, or in he's the so movies, cool. I should say. Jackie Gleason could play some fucking pool. You could tell. Yeah. Like, when he's playing, like, his, the fluidity of his, mm -hmm. his stroke when yeah. he's going through the ball, like, that guy can play. Yeah. I saw his documentary, had an well, amazing documentary. Successful, all like, always been successful. He was an interesting guy. All he liked to do was get drunk and play golf, and get drunk and play pool. He was like, he was like, he was like a modern day. Um, what was the guy named again? W. C. Fields. Yeah. You know? Do you know the story about the house that he had that he had built to look like a UFO? Who? Jackie Gleason. Are you serious? Jackie Gleason was friends with Nixon, uh -huh. and Jackie Gleason and Nixon, legend has, they were drinking one night, and Nixon says, "You want to see a UFO?" And he takes Jackie Gleason to some hangar 
where they have a crashed UFO. Yeah, and he shows too. it to them. And, shows and them so the alien too. Jackie Gleason gets a fucking house built in the shape of a UFO. It's in New York State. That's and true. it was for sale at one point in time. I can't believe I didn't know it was for sale until somebody bought it. So you believe in you believe in UFOs. You believe that the government's hiding stuff from us. Kinda. I don't disbelieve. Don't I don't know. believe. Yeah, I, don't disbelieve it. I don't disbelieve, but I don't but believe. Listen, I um, think it's possible. Can it's I possible. give you my opinion? Yes, please. You know what I thought? Pick it up. Um, Look at that put, house, though. Put a, put That's in. his fucking house. He had his house made like the inside of a flying saucer. Like yeah. it was a big circular house in the woods in New York State. That's true. It looks dope. Yeah, I mean, it's a wild-looking house. And that was Jackie Gleason. I mean, he could... Any fucking house he wanted, he could get. And he decided to make this. Yeah. <laughs> and he said it was because that's what he saw when he went to visit Nixon. Or so the legend has it. That's trippy as shit, the house is. Yeah. I just don't believe that God just... I don't believe the universe just chose us to be the only one. Yeah. Look at these guys. They're so special. They're going to be the only one in existence. You know what? Those... Nobody in trillions of miles away is going to be existing with them. Trillions of miles. I mean, from the end of time, there's nobody's going to ever exist but us. We're going to handle all this space by ourselves. You believe that? <laughs> no, no, I don't believe so that. So 10 million miles of space, there's nobody. A billion miles of space, there's nobody but us. I think there's definitely some shit visiting us over the course of human history. The, mm -hmm. the question is, like, how often and how does it do it? But listen... It doesn't have to be physical. It could be spiritual. Right. Yeah. right. They may be able to, like, view into what is, our what area. Thing? My wife, what's my wife talking about this? What's my wife talks about? Glitz time and ultra. Sometimes it gets some time where you got to watch out. Mm -hmm. Everything could be bad. If what could happen would happen. What's the, what's the name? I don't know, but it's some ultra sound. Something happens. Or, may, or maybe they are here. They just kind of, like, take form of... Of humans, right? That well, could well, be. No, yeah. listen, we can't see the dust that's killing us. It's so microscopic. They might be in front of us and microscopic, right? We can't see the dust that's killing us. It's microscopic. Right. Why, why do they have to? Us. Maybe they're so advanced they don't have to be here to be here. Maybe they could view into here. Maybe they could peer into maybe, our, our world. Maybe they're unconscious. I used to think that maybe ideas were aliens because ideas make you create them. Like, everything that's ever been made, a light switch, a, a computer, a gun, everything that's ever been made oh, came wow. out of an idea. Yeah, that's so So true. if something okay. wants to get made, computer, how does it get though. made? Well, it has to get you excited about making it. Mm -hmm. So a thing, an idea comes into your head, mm -hmm. and everybody's ideas compound upon other ideas, and they make things better and better and better. But how is that happening? Like, those things are forcing themselves into existence. It's almost like a live thing that gets in your head, and then you have to go make something. And next mm -hmm. thing you know, you've made an engine. And somebody attaches it to a fucking plane. I, I mean, this is crazy. crazy. Yeah, that is crazy. crazy. I don't know like that. That's Listen, did you, did you see the guy in um, the first, um, the first, uh, what's that, that suit that flies? Oh, when the jetpacks? Oh, jetpacks. The first, um, what's that Oh, called? the Iron Man suit? No, when you're flying, jet suit. Oh, 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 wingsuit, yeah, wingsuit, yeah. In Paris, put it in Paris, the Eiffel Tower, the first. Oh. You saw that one? I've seen a bunch of these where they miss. Oh, the Eiffel Tower <laughs> jump in 1902. Oh, dude, I'm not kidding. There's one where this guy, he slams into no, a, a this bridge, look, uh -huh. a metal bridge, and the bridge right. clangs. No, no, no. no. Oh, yeah, I saw this guy. Yeah, oh, I saw this guy. Eiffel Tower. Yeah, this is the first oh, guy. this guy. This is the best. He falls right to his death. Look at this guy. No, He's well, like, how do you, no, but listen, how do you take a practice jump? How do you practice? 
You don't practice. <laughs> you don't practice. You got to believe in yourself, <laughs> Johnny. And I, and I, you know, too, I don't practice this. It's either you do, do or you he don't. He falls like a rock. <laughs> he falls like a rock, this poor bastard. This I shit know, didn't he, work at all. When he first jumped off, I know he said, oh, shit. Oh, he has to have thought that because look watch, how high watch, he was. Watch, watch. You have to have some this serious confidence and belief in yourself uh, to be yeah. able to do that. It's like, a stupid confidence. It's like not. How do you practice this, man? How is he thinking he's going to land? A blind confidence. How is he thinking he's going to land? Do you know how fast no, you're going to be going down? You gotta pra- how do you practice this? You do it this way. This I, is how you do it. I call it blind. This confidence. fucking guy's out of his mind. If I was his friend, I'd be like, Henry, I you don't know. Oh, oh, Jesus. Oh, look, he's oh. Go- oh, oh. 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 Look at everybody. Oh. Like, what the? I mean, what that didn't the? slow it down oh, they, at all. They caught him. They picked him up. Oh, my God. There's a hole in the ground where it used to be. Oh. He, he made a hole in the ground. Fuck you saw that. that. Yeah, that's Holy different. Moly. So let's. My friend Andy does that. He does those flying squirrel suits. He had the world record. Andy Stumpf. He held the world record for like he, oh, he those, jumped out of a fucking airplane nah, with one of those flying Joby, wing suits. Listen, you ever heard yeah. Joby, Joby How do he land? Parachute? parachute. I think he's got a parachute, parachute at the end. Man. I think that's what happens at the very end. You no, pull a parachute. Listen, I know a guy that can do Mount Everest. He does it faster than anybody in the world. Did it around four times already. Is it one? I know what you're talking about. It's like it's like a sport. Yeah, he but he's the fastest. Joby, he's the fastest in the world. And they use like nothing but their hands. Yeah. Is that their bare knuckle yeah. stuff? Yeah, I know that shit's trippy. Look he's, at this fucking he's guy. A god. Did you see the story with this woman? She was a a suit flyer, and her husband died. And then she only dated people in the suit that fly suits. She <laughs> wow. had three boyfriends that died from the suit. She Jeez. only dated a guy that wow. flies in the suit. She has a type. Yeah, yes. if I was those dudes, I'd check those suits super careful. No, listen. You I don't want to just cut no. cat, you, cast oh, any aspersions man. anybody's way. You got to check out that when they, suit. Listen, when they get hit a rock, you know, they hit the mountain, oh, yeah. they become like a piece of dust. No, my, my friend Andy, he told me he's pulled multiple friends off the mountain. Oh, he they, said they get embedded. He has multiple friends that have died doing this, and he... he he retired. He stopped doing it a while ago, but he held the world record at one point. Wow. It's the craziest oh, shit stopped, you've ever seen. Listen, he's flying he, for miles. If he, if he retired, he's a quitter. These ah, people don't quit till they don't die. Don't say that. I'm they trying to quit, keep him alive. They don't quit till they die. <laughs> but he's, all, he's a Navy SEAL. That was his yeah. uh, original. And now he has oh, a so podcast. Oh, so they don't have fear. Navy SEALs don't have any fear. No, no, no. Well, listen, I think they, they're intelligent this, about managing If he quit him. this, he had some fear. Oh, I could listen. If you do that, you have to have some fear. That's Woo! gotta be fucking scary. Listen, you gotta see when they hit the rock, they try to go through that hole in the rock and they hit the rock. Ooh! Oh, scary. I can't do they that. Became part, they become part of the rock. Yeah, the one that I saw that scared me the most, the one I was just telling you about, where the guy hits the bridge. Mm-hmm. He hit a bridge like a clang, like bang. <laughs> That's I don't like, have it, but he made a mistake. He was trying to go through the bridge. He thought he was slick. Ooh, he could go through the bridge and mm-hmm. he just calculated it wrong. wrong. And hit that fucking thing it, like a like a it's clang. Because, because you're moving so fast, like when you probably like realize that you have to adjust is way too late. Oh, it's late. too late. Hey. Way too late. You don't even know you're dead. Like you couldn't even calculate how to get that right. Are you gonna play that? Don't play it. It's awful. Everybody gotta get this it's shit. It's awful. Time. It's awful. It's Everybody awful. Everybody gotta get their time. When you hear it, you gotta hear it. You hear the clang. It's like a, someone taking like a, a big Baseball oh, bat right banging here. it off a this metal girder. Right Just oh, bang. What's happening right here? Oh, here comes the volume. Jesus Christ. They're the realizing this is the guy. He's got the wingsuit and he's trying to fly through this fucking bridge. I don't want to watch this, but I'm gonna. Oh, hey, Jesus. Here it goes. Oh. oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Dude. 
I mean, what in that the... That right there? Holy fuck. What in the holy fuck? All right. Did that sound healthy? Turn that, that off, please. Healthy. That's a wrap. That's a, oh. that's a wrap for this existence. So, oh. him. so let's, then, talk, let's talk about scary things. Fear factor. Is that, how, did that, how did that come about? That's a hell of a transition, sir. Um, how did it come about? It was just a game show that was on in the Netherlands. It was called uh, Now or Neverland. But listen, t- it was on in Holland. Right? Was that some demonic stuff? You see the guys with the, the, the scorpions and all that yeah. stuff? Yeah. Bugs. Yeah, snakes. We we covered people in snakes and shit. It was a show uh, called Now or Neverland, and they did it in Holland, and mm-hmm. then um, a company called Endemol bought it, mm-hmm. brought it to America, and they just changed the name to Fear Factor. Did did you ever help with any of like the no. tasks that people had to do? No, 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 no. Ninety-eight <laughs> percent of the time during that show, I was high as fuck. That's <laughs> that's how I got through it. I would I'd take uh, pot lollipops with me to work. Yeah. And I just suck on the lollipop until it felt just right. Uh-huh. Then I could uh, enjoy the show. Because watching that show was fucking it was gross. Just too we- it was just <laughs> such a weird job because I thought when I signed up to do it, I really thought it was going to be canceled. Mm-hmm. I was like, how are they going to sick dogs on people? How are they going to make people eat eyeballs and shit? This is going to go off the oh, air. That's, that's a gonna- delicatessen. Remember the movie? Um, what was that movie about death? What was the movie? Which movie? The movie of the, of the um, uh, documentary of death. Faces, oh, faces of death. death? Yeah, yeah, faces of death. Remember when they eating the monkey? Yeah. Right? Was crazy. that real? Very Some real. of them were faked, very right? Very real, but the monkey thing is very real. Uh, some of them I were think, faked. I think monkey brain's actually like a delicacy is, yeah, in, in some cultures. People need to get their shit together. <laughs> Go have I an always, apple. Listen, <laughs> the fuck are you eating a that's monkey brain? <laughs> that's, that's so wrong. That's who we are. I know. It is. That's the problem. Is like that they told that became human beings. We're not human beings that became animals. Yeah, there's there's things that you see, some there's cruelty that you see sometimes. Like you ever see the documentary The Cove when they're slaughtering the dolphins? When you see people slaughter dolphins, it's like but that's it's like, like a seeing sport. people slaughter kids. It's like a yeah. Sport, though, yeah. Right? No, 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 no. It's like it's it's a thing about uh in competition with the dolphins for fish. That's that's a big part of Are it. Are you serious? Yeah, they this cove, this area where they they hunt these dolphins, one of the things I thought I it was think a cultural thing. It's a cultural thing that they that's how they feel about the dolphins, but they feel like I I, I don't want to fuck this up. You'd have to google this to make sure I'm not ruining this. But believe, I, I believe what it is is like Google master, whatever. <laughs> yeah, Google this. I think the reason why uh, those people felt compelled to kill the dolphins was they were in competition with them mm. for tuna. I think that's what it was. But, you know, it's why just it's hard dolphin? to watch. The dolphins the form of tuna? They did eat dolphins. Some people Aren't do eat dolphins. Dolphin. Even sharks, I think, too. Like they cut off their fin, right? They're horrible sharks. Yeah, but horrible. no, they eat shark, too. Like, Mako shark used to be something you could buy at a restaurant until no, everybody what, um, got crazy about you sharks. You know that orca whales eat killer sharks. Yeah, they do. They yeah, orca whales, top them. of the food chain. Yeah. The most rational, the most intelligent one always wins. Not Something happened one. where people started loving sharks. Now you can't eat sharks anymore. It's kind of weird because shark is pretty good. I've yeah. had Mako shark before, like at a seafood restaurant. It yeah. was really good. But I, you never see shark on the menu anymore. People have like this weird like uh, connection to sharks you know, now. Eating, eating had a lot to do with um, containing the spirit of what we ate. Whatever we ate people, we use the great warrior. We're going to get that great warrior spirit. You want to hear some crazy shit? Yeah, go for it. They're cloning tiger meat for human consumption. I believe that. Where? Some scientists figured out how to do this, and a company is selling it. I want to be that. You are what you eat. Yeah, well, that's what is that you're going to have a nice tiger burger. (laughs) I'd be interested to see (laughs) what it does. 
That's interesting. You ever had tiger meat? No. I would like no. to take it. I would taste it. If I would I eat, eat it. If I eat elk, I'll eat tiger. What's the difference? Between the elk and the tiger. Yeah, elk is pretty good. I had elk, elk is amazing. Elk is delicious. Fire. But um, they're going to do this, so they're going to be able to get a skin sample. and some. I don't know how cloning works, but they're going to be able to clone it, and then they're going to be able to make some sort of artificial version of meat that's made out of meat. But listen. I don't know how they're doing it, but it's going to be like lion steaks. But listen, Joe. If I listen, if I take somebody Troy, if I take lion them burger. and I, I chop them up and I put them in front of you, you would think there's some um, delicacy, right? Oh, for sure. You I wouldn't know if I chop one of these guys up and just put them in front of you. Just meat. There was a dude named uh, General Buck Naked. You ever, you ever heard <laughs> yeah, of him? Yeah, I know that one, the black yeah. guy. Yes. And they had General Buck Naked. These are some yeah. sick dudes. But he went in the <laughs> yeah. war hunting people naked and Buck stuff. Buck naked. But naked. Deg- take all his clothes off with a fucking machine gun. Run General through the woods. Tupac and General yeah. Biggie. And this this guy. Um, so when they beat, kill that guy to get the money. Where the money? They cut my thigh out, cutting his feet out. You remember when you saw that stuff? Yeah. And they cut my, where's the money now? Tell me the truth. Where is it? They would cut people's hearts out and <laughs> eat right it. Like, like heavy duty shit. Whoa. And he had, he had, uh, come into some, uh, he recognized that there were some vendors mm-hmm. that were selling human meat on the street. And they asked him, like, how do you know that it was human meat? He goes, because I've had human meat. And you're like, whoa. Would you? Yeah, no, I'm not going to say what I was going to say, but that's trippy. That's trippy. Yeah, that's different. Yeah, that's this, whoa. Listen, but you have to understand, this is something, this is just some, that, this is what the world is, what the world is doing is domesticating us. This is who we are, man. That's what people were for a long time. Yeah. That's one of the things you, when you uh, read about certain Native American populations and certain uh, tribal populations, they did eat, kill listen, their, and eat their enemies sometimes. Listen, because they want the spirit of their enemy. Because when, when the enemy's fighting, they're fighting them with such ferocity, they mm. want that energy. That is wild. To, to, I don't to think, think that someone's going to kidnap you and eat you. Oof. I don't know what I think is wild. You know, that's hard. No, that's not that's, wild. I think, that's a horrible way to die. I think us becoming the way we are is wild. This is, us being programmed is wild. Our instincts is no longer needed. Some of them are needed, right? No, but, but they won't be needed if we continue to be programmed. Well, you need your instincts then if you're programmed to do something. I think we're going to get integrated into machines. I really do. Mm, That's I believe, what I think. I believe in the chips system. They're going to put the chip in, in, us. in our brain? No, in our wrist or something. They can find out who, how much money you got. The they definitely try to do that. In they other countries, they do the with cash. COVID tests. Yeah. You know, you know why they want to get rid of cash so bad? Because cash is king. Listen, they got rid of the um, $100,000 bill because, look, 10 of them be a million dollars. So in a little bag, I can keep $50 million. In a bag like this, I can put $50 million. Right now, you only got $150 million to fill up half of the room now. Mm. You know, $1 bills or something, $100 bills. But in a $100,000 bill, you can put 10 of them when you got a million bucks. Right? Imagine putting 1,000 of them. You know what I mean? It looks small. Yeah, why can't, why can't you get a $10,000 bill? bill? No more, because oh, no. of drugs. Oh. Because of drugs, they'd be traffic. Traf- you could take um, $200, $10,000 bills and you could put it in a little bag. You know? There's so many things like that where you go, why, how come we can't do this? How come we can't do that? All the, I used to have all the, I used to have all the, um, think about the it. big bills, $100,000 bills. I used to have all the bills. I used to oh, really? <laughs> Is that all of them? Yeah, I used, to, uh, I, used to, I used to read about Arnold Ross and the big gambler. They pulled out $100,000 bills and shit. I bet there's a lot of dudes that have, like, gold bars in their yes. house. Hey, like, yes. Like, 
I wouldn't be surprised. Listen, man. For sure, sure right? That. I've seen people, I've been to people's house that had the bust of what Jesus, what, not Jesus Christ, but what Julius Caesar really looked like with the hair missing in. Really, it's his bust. Somebody made a bust of him. Wow. Jesus, Julius Caesar. Listen, there's people that have art in their basement that could never yeah. be seen. Never be seen. That yeah. Could never be seen. There's stuff that's missing. There's some stuff I saw that would blow <laughs> your mind. I believe it. Yeah, I'm talking about from the art perspective that yeah. probably been stolen a hundred thousand years ago. You have know? you been to the Vatican, Mike? I no, 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 I haven't been to the Vatican. But um I was a little a little shaky to go there, a little scared. <laughs> <laughs> you should go there just to see the art collection. It's crazy. I want to go to um, France of Reims. I want to see all the kings and queens of the, you know, the Merovingians and stuff. Mm. I like that stuff. I want to go to those uh, catacombs that are all yeah. covered in human skulls and shit. Yeah. Like, have but you know seen what? that? No, yeah, it bugs me out about that. I want to say, I wonder, when I see that skull, I said, I wonder what that life was like. What was that life about? What was, you know, before he got to this, what was this life about? How was, how did he enjoy his life? Was he, was he tormented? Was he, did he ever fall in love? Did anyone ever love them or whatever? I thought, right. what was that life like? I always think stupid things like that. Was they ever love? That's not stupid at all. Somebody? That's not stupid at all. That's not stupid at all. Yeah. That's like the essence of being a person. Really? And to, yeah, man. And to see oh, all of those that was just mundane heads. stuff. It's the wonder. What was their life like? Did they ever love someone? Mike, I think were they that's, slaves? I think were they slaves? I think that's one of the reasons why people are so fascinated with you, is that not only are you this guy that we've watched since we were kids, but that we, we've got a chance to, like, we imagine what would it be like to be Mike Tyson? Like, that was a thing that people would always ask. Always Could searching. you imagine if you were Mike Tyson? It's but, always searching. But you were living in a way that was so extraordinary that everyone could only imagine what it was like to be you. Do you know that that I mean that's an extraordinary position in the 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 greater spectrum of like what people are paying attention to when you're the heavyweight champion of the world and you're 20 years old. That was a young kid that lived big. Crazy. Everybody I know was like, "Could you imagine what it's like to be Mike Tyson?" Because no one could imagine it. That's how wild it is. I thought I owned the world. I really believe my ego told me I owned the world because the world made me believe that. Mm -hmm. Every, you know, listen, um, if you, um, if, I don't know, if you mean you go to Moscow, it's just, it's, man, it's just like um, carte blanche. It's just Mongolia, a certain part of the world. Mm -hmm. It's just, you'd be surprised um, how lawless some of the world is, you know? You just, gratitude. You'd yeah. be surprised that you go someplace that, Peep, the man is God. He runs the country as God. Mm. And uh, yeah. oh man, I see. If you do in some country, like you say, he felt my ass, he raped me, attacked me. The cops will bring you to that guy, and the cops will let him kill you in front of them. <clears throat> oh man, some of those places you be, ooh, this is a beautiful place. Yeah. <clears throat> America is beautiful. As fucked as America is. Oh, this is the best the place in the world. Yes, it is. Oh, it's man, the best no thing better, baby. America is a beautiful but that's place. one of the crazy... I don't care all the racism. This is the best thing going in the planet, man. I don't care. Japan, well, that's the sweet, the sweet, no. This is the best thing going to make something out of yourself. Facts. Best thing. Mike, when we were talking today about uh, Genghis Khan, we were talking about Alexander the Great and all these conquerors, like, the, like that wasn't really that long ago. No. 
Listen, 2,000 years, that's only what? Two, 300 years before Christ. Genghis Kong is what? 1800s, what? Right? I think it was a fourth, what, like no, 1400s? Genghis, Genghis, Genghis Kong? 1200s? 1200s? That's not that long ago. That's what's so crazy. Listen, most of these guys, Alexander Green, Hannibal, Genghis Kong, they, we have their DNA. That's why some people are savages to some, because we have these guys' DNA. These guys conquered the world, and look where, look where we're, what level we are. We have their seeds. We have them. Some people, like some people, like they have those psychopaths. Some people love killing people. Some people love eating people. We still, some people don't, um, just like animals, some animals get more, get domesticated quicker than others. And the same in human beings. Some of them get domesticated quicker than others. And some For of sure. Them, some of them just never get domesticated. Mm. They're just what they are. So they use genetically passed down their makeup. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I think the way we're so attached to our phones is going to lead to us being attached to some electronic thing that we wind up accepting in our body. No, listen, and it's going to change what people chip. are. Like chip. some iRobot yeah. shit, honestly? Yeah, legitimately. Saying? Like some no, kind of cyborg shit. Us right now, if our phones stop now, we would start fighting for some reason. <laughs> Before we figure this shit out, our phones start now, we would for some reason find the fight reasons to fight. We would get, we're so distracted right. by phones. But I think the thing about phones is you accept the fact that everybody has one, you accept mm -hmm. the fact you always have it on you. So it might as well be a part of your body. It's just not connected. And one day it will be. One day they're going to figure out how to put a thing on your head that makes your brain work way better, and a few people are going to do it, and they're going to have a big advantage, and then we're all going to do it. But until then. Until then. Your phone will be like your will. When you die, take my phone, son. Everything I have and trust. <laughs> right. Bitcoin. Everything I, everything I right. love. All, all my, my NFTs. All my information. All my yeah. love for my life. Everything's in here. You take this. Yeah, it'll people be your keep will. NFTs on their phone. Yeah, it'll be your will. Your phone will be your will. All your information. To somebody yeah. Give all your secrets. Speak I think... Oh, no, I'm just going to say, I just think it's all going in that direction. It's all going in like it becomes more and more a part of your life, not less of a part of your life. People say, hey, you should take some time off your phone. Hey, and everybody agrees, but nobody does it. No. And everybody's going in the same general direction, which is more and more immersion. What's the purpose for cutting it off? This, I don't think there's a purpose for cutting it off, but I think this is a, if you looked at this from space, mm -hmm. if you were just like from another planet and you didn't know what a person was, and you say, what is this thing doing? You go, oh, this thing makes things. And it keeps making better and better and better things until it gets these people, these creatures, to do everything they can to get the newest, greatest thing. Mm -hmm. And that is like where like a giant part of your social cloud is, to have the newest, greatest thing. And that makes innovation. And innovation makes technological innovation. And technological innovation makes integration. Integration into the human body. Whether it's by getting, having it right next to you at all times, until eventually it's on your wrist, until eventually it's in your body. But something, one moment, and certain part, one part of that moment, something's going to say, could it always happen? How do I turn, turn this off? Yeah. How do I make this stop? Yeah. Like we do right now, this pain. How do I make this stop? Too much of anything. Yeah. How yeah. Too much of anything. Is but it's going to be like, you know when you go to a hotel and you can get the free Wi-Fi or you pay nine bucks and you get the good Wi-Fi? Yeah. So that's how it's going to be. It's going to be, listen, you can not fully integrate forever mm -hmm. and you won't get all the benefits. I think but look at all these people that have already yeah. fully integrated. I think people are saying, there'd be people like Candy Station from back in 1900. No, we're against um, telephone. We do telephone. Yeah. We're against telephone. Telephones make you stupid. Telephones make you smart. Right. You know, we go through that war. They thought that about the printing press. They thought that when the printing press came out that it was just going to be a bunch of people printing nonsense and that it wouldn't, wouldn't help anybody. You know, when Edison made the light bulb, right? 
I forgot the guy. What was the guy? Morgan, Morgan, something. Um, J.P. Morgan. Yeah. His father said, "You're such a fool. You wasted time for making a light bulb." For making a light bulb. <laughs> said, "You're such a fool. You're going to ruin your life with gadgets like this." That's hilarious. You're such a fool. His father, his father Jules Rosenberg. That's how it always happens. Though. I feel like people that they're always thinking the light bulb was outside of the box. The mistake that the light bulb was a disaster. Suddenly, you wasted <laughs> time and money on this. But you know what's interesting, Mike? Those old light bulbs lasted forever. Yeah. They figured out a way to make light bulbs burn out. That was one of the first products that they made shittier. Like, as time went on, instead of saying, oh, I know how to make a light bulb that lasts 100 years. Listen, they knew how to I do that. Like, what they call D-E-T-E-D-E. What's the light bulb called that lasts forever? Just leave it on all day. Oh, LEDs, LED, right? LED, yeah. yeah. I, I just realized that. I put that in my pigeon coop now. Just leave the light on. Let LCD? Them breathe all night. LED or LCD? Well, they LED last all LED. night. You know? Yeah, they last forever. I'm but those old ones, they were like a, it was a thick metal wire, mm -hmm. and they just made the wire thin. We're gonna have to put. Can you a, Google that to find out that's true? Yeah, I think old, I think it's pretty sure that old light bulbs were more durable. <laughs> I feel like anything uh, that like comes up with something new, they always get doubted, right? There's always some sort of like. Well, sometimes doubt. they're wrong, you know. Uh, yeah, but I mean the light bulb. Like, that's the crazy light bulb, but you gotta go like way back to find things like that now. It's nowadays they're they're constantly now, finding new things the light out bulb. and going oh. Um, the Garbage can sweepers keeper, you know, the garbage truck, mm -hmm. um, um, garbage mine for yeah. landmine for garbage. Mm -hmm. There's always um, pollution and contamination and overcrowding has always been the problem in the world. Well, look at all the fucking masks that got thrown into the ocean this year. Oof. You know how many masks they keep finding in the ocean? There's like billions of masks. Yeah, it's tragic. Like they're in landfills and shit and they fly around when the wind blows. Like, woof. It's not good. You know, it's like human that. beings, we keep finding a way to fuck up the environment more and more. Like those, when they find those birds and their stomachs are filled with uh, plastic, plastic bottle caps, you're like, oh, Jesus. Yeah, or turtles, when you see you like the, yeah. the caps wrapped around the They've been, listen, yeah. since the beginning of the time, they've been polluting the water, the ocean. Well, what you were talking about here. earlier today, about Rome. Yeah. About how they treated Rome back in the day. It was just a cesspool. It was okay to have... Uh, you know, to be naked and have feces on you and stuff. And this is the, this is the, uh, the enchilante, the upper league. They didn't care. They rape people. They have sex in the street. Um, they kill people in the street. They just hang. They get. It just was like it was disgust. It was Nowadays, just, people get they get mad if you throw a cigarette on the ground, stomp on it, right? People get mad at that person. <laughs> like that's how conscious people are now of uh, littering. Like if you saw someone actually littering, you'd be furious at them. And I think I, it was, like, listen, totally normal back and then. And this how they had duels, right? If I, if I saw your woman, I'd say, hey, let's duel for her. Oof. Yeah, that's what they did. Right there. We I had presidents that had duels. One of them More died, than one. Right? One of I them killed so. somebody. I think one of them killed somebody. One of them might have died. What's, uh, he, um, the guy, the treasurer, got killed. What was his name again? Uh -huh. Hamilton. Oh, right, Hamilton. Yeah, we were talking about Hamilton, that Hamilton got uh, hoodwinked by some floozy. Some lady uh, came along and ran a scam on Mr. Hamilton, yeah. apparently. That was, uh, that that's how he went down. That's how he went down. He, he went had down. to write a whole, like, letter of, like, this, this is not what happened. And the, 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 the woman's husband apparently was involved, mm -hmm. and it was a scheme to, <laughs> to blackmail Hamilton back in the day. They, they were doing that even from the beginning of time. Brilliant. Anybody wanted to be a politician. All the founding fathers were jealous of one another. I'm sure. What was the guy, Thomas Paine? He had beef with George Washington. <laughs> when he had beef with George Washington, nobody fucked with him no more. They didn't buy his products, and he starved to death. It probably, oh, shit. It George probably, Washington was like, um, he had the biggest ego in the world. He thought he was God. How different do you think it was back then, too, with no internet? Like, the shit they were able to do. 
Well, Shit. Mike and I grew up without the internet. That's the difference to you, you youngsters. You guys are so <laughs> accustomed to having the internet, you think it's normal. When I was a kid, you left the house and no one knew where the fuck you were. But listen, you just went out there. There was yeah. no phones. Listen, yeah. No one knew who you were, but look look how much you had in your head. You had a lot in your head. Wow, you yeah. had so many numbers you were like a, it was Oh like, yeah. Listen. We never went to school, but we're like we're mathematicians. Our numbers that were in yeah. our head. Oh, we want to call mom. We want to call John. We want to call the, yeah. the prison house. We want to call police station. All that shit is in our head. I always kept a quarter in that little stupid pocket in the Levi's. I uh-huh. always kept a quarter up there just in case yeah. I had to call somebody. Like and you could get lost and have to call somebody. I feel like you guys read a lot more books too. Um. Well, we watched a lot of movies. I know that. Yeah. You've been to the movies a lot, huh? A lot. Yeah. Back then. But I read books on uh, a lot of books on martial arts mm-hmm. and a lot of books on like Anthony Robbins type books, like books on psychology, yeah. books on like you know how to get your mindset right, get your discipline in order. I always, I thought, very, I always looked yeah. up royal families, like you know, what I mean the Borgias and all those guys, and see how they, cause some of these guys' bloodlines last for like a thousand years. Yeah. Didn't you win a Taekwondo uh, tournament? The U.S. The US a couple of hundred. No, I, I, I was a Massachusetts state champion, and I won a thing called the American Open. I came in second in the U.S. Cup against yeah. a guy who fought in the Olympics, and I, I've, I've, I competed in a lot of Taekwondo tournaments. But yeah. then I started kickboxing, and I realized, I realized how easy it was for me to get fucked up. Because uh, Taekwondo, they o- you only kick. Mm-hmm. You only punch to the body. Mm-hmm. And so, like, my ability to block punches to my face, I was grossly overestimating it. So I started sparring with kickboxers and just getting lit up. So then I started really concentrating on boxing and really concentrating on kickboxing. And I was still competing in Taekwondo. And I was like, I got to stop doing this because I don't want to do this anymore. And I, I, I wanted to start doing stand-up. And I knew I was in the middle of doing both of them. Yeah. But my... I was making a living out of teaching Taekwondo. I was teaching it at Boston University. I was teaching it. At, I had my own school in yeah. Revere, Massachusetts. And I was like, I got to quit. Because if I don't quit, I'm going to half-ass this. And I don't want to half-ass th- for the students. And I don't want to half-ass this comedy thing either. I got to like, I gotta go all in. So yeah. I quit. Listen, life is words. Yeah. Life is words. And you didn't quit. You stopped. Yeah, I just stopped. I realized, like, I'm... I'm to, for me to ch- keep competing, this was pre-UFC, sorry, right? So there was no, like, way to make a living fighting, really. For sure. Like, all of those tournaments were all free. Uh, the kickboxing tournament I fought in was free. And then the, uh, if you wanted to go professional as a kickboxer, there wasn't a lot of money in America. You would have to probably yeah. go overseas. Overseas. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you'd have to fight in Europe. you get fighting the Holland guys. Like, all those guys in uh, Holland were... A bunch of bad motherfuckers came out of there. Like, ooh, in that yeah. yeah. Declan. Ramon Deckers. De- ooh, yeah. Yes. You know Declan? Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's so many guys that have come out of Holland. Ernesto Hoost, Rob Kamen. I mean, just uh, Peter Ertz. Just a, a sea of killers. Rico Verhoeven, the guy who's the champ right he's now. He's the man. Oh, he's an animal. He's an animal. Remember that, that guy? guy that, he beat that guy that was killing everybody. What's that Muslim guy? Come on. Oh yeah. The big crazy. Guy. He was Badr Hari. Yeah, he was killing everybody. Yes. Badr Hari. Badr Hari dropped him twice. He was still yeah. in that fight. That, oh, he's a bad. Badr Hari is a dangerous guy. He's yeah. killer be killed. That guy is just die on his wired, wired reckless. reckless. Yeah. He's wired. Reckless. Yeah. yeah, he comes. He comes for blood. And and the thing is, what you were saying, Mike. People love you when you do your best. And that's why they love him. Like, they know that guy's ready to go out quit. on his shield. He ain't he's, got, he's no quit. He's going out on his shield. He goes to war. And sometimes they get him, and sometimes he gets them. And he used to get them a lot more when he was younger, but that's just... Nature of the beast. That's just fighting. But that's he's just so fighting. Exciting. He's very exciting. He's one of the most exciting kickboxers of all time because there's, like, there's no point in fighting like with that animal, guy. He's like an animal, right? With he's an animal. attacking. He's attacking. 
to hurt you at all yeah. times. Everything's to hurt you. Yeah. Nothing's soft. Everything's hard. He comes out of Mike's gym, which is uh, like a ferocious gym mm -hmm. in Holland, like known for like some of the, the most uh, elite, aggressive, technical kickboxers. Like super technical, but super aggressive. Like the whole gym was like that. Like that's, uh, you know, it's just, it's like What's a legendary What's the guy from gym. Holland? What's his name? He fought everybody. The big guy. The Melvin Manhoof? No. Which on. guy? The black Sammy guy. Sammy Schultz? The black Ernesto guy. Ernesto no, he's, he's... Ernesto Hoost is the black guy. No, he's the dark, real dark guy. Look, come on, he's from Holland, though. Name him, he fought everybody. Ernesto Hoost fought everybody. No, but he's he fought, old he school. He fought Bob Sapp. He's old school. This other guy, oh. the young... What's his name? Hmm. He, he just so massive big. He must have been on some. Forgot his name. So black he guy, a heavy looking guy. guy. You sure it's not Ernesto Hoost? No, Ernesto's the Ernesto black Hoost guy. Because Ernesto is the legend. He's yeah. the bald head guy. Yes, yes, No, yes. this is the good, Different really guy. good looking guy. He's from... Am oh, Alistair Overeem? Yes. Yes, Alistair Overeem. Yes. he been in some fights. Yes, yes. Well, Alistair Overeem was a K-1 Grand Prix champion. Yeah, he but then fought, he fought in the UFC for a long time. I saw time. lip ripped off sometimes. Ooh, this guy's an animal. Oh, that, that was his lip. He fought yeah. Rosenstrike. Rosenstrike Ooh. within, like, I think it was, like, just a few a seconds month. left in yeah. the fight. Rosenstrike. He threw this leaping hook and clipped him on the lip and just ripped his lip apart. It was Listen, crazy. But who's the guy that fought him that knocked him out? Nganu. Ngannou, who's the heavyweight champ, dude. Ngannou's a beast. Ngannou's a beast. The other guy that he knocked out was a beast, boy. Magnificent puncher. Ngannou is like a character in a movie. If you, you look at the adversity that that guy went through, mm -hmm. he was on my podcast and he told a story about how he escaped the part of Africa he's from and made it all the way to Morocco and then across to Europe and that he had to do it over 14 months. They did it basically on foot and hitching rides and seven times he got arrested and sent back and they put him in the desert. Seven times. And seven times, he made it back to Morocco and tried to get across again. And one day, he That's got That's why he's different. That's why he's he different. Me, His mindset. He said, he, said, I, he said, I never heard about you, but I heard about you. And I said, I have to meet this man. I said, what? You never saw me? He said, no, but I heard about you. Yeah, so I had to wild? Mike Tyson. So he's looking at me, and he's feeling my arm. <laughs> <laughs> he said, did you really? Are you really Mike Tyson? Yeah, <laughs> man. That's amazing. Look at himself. He's feeling my arm. I said, holy he said, shit. He had one of the most compelling stories I ever had on my podcast of this 14-month journey where he knew he had to make it to Europe. Mm -hmm. He had to figure out how to make it to Europe to start a fighting career. It's crazy. No, like very little form of training at all until he gets to France. And then he's, he's homeless. He's sleeping in a parking structure. And he gets taken in by this guy who was eventually his trainer. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and then they, they convince him to do MMA. He wants to box. And they convinced him to start training and learning MMA. And then next thing you know, a few years later, he's the UFC heavyweight champion. I think, you know, I mean, what, wild. know what would happen if he boxed right now? He'd make a magnificent payday. Well, I hope they let him do that. I hope they let him do it the same you way they let Connor do you it. You need to make that payday. Make that payday. Yeah. I think the same you with Usman and Canelo. You need to go on there with Tyson yeah. and make that payday. With Usman fighting Canelo, it's a crazy proposition, right? Because he's fighting one of the best pound-for-pound -pound fighters, if not the best alive, and one of the all-time greats. I mean, Canelo is an all-time great. It'll be right? hard to fight Canelo. Yeah. All-time yeah. great. Gonna slam him. He's It'll so good. Hard. That's a crazy fight, right, for a guy like Usman to take? That is. That is a crazy but fight. But he's that guy. He's yeah. that guy that wants that fight. Yeah. He's that guy that's just like a bulletproof mindset champion. That's the thing that like separates him from everybody. You know, Usman's knees are fucked. Both of his knees are fucked. He can't run. He said that sometimes when he walks, he has to walk on the grass because he can't walk on the concrete because it hurts his knees so much. He I, doesn't care. I did not know that. They're fucked. 
but he fights with those fuck knees. Yeah. And he and you would never know never while know. he's fighting. You would never beast. know. Beast. And he's just like committed to when he's done, he'll get his knees replaced. And when he's done fighting, and maybe that's four years that's from now. What maybe I'm that's, when I'm just done doing everything, I'll get things fixed. Michael Bisping did it. Yeah. Talk to Bisping. Both of his knees are artificially, as a, a, they do like a they like but it's not my resurfaced knees, his knees. My, yeah. my shoulder, the doctor said, you know, you you need to have operation. So I said, why? He said, because you're, 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 you're rubbing against it. I said, I feel great. I said, I feel great when I get a surgery for. I said, this guy's trying to make some money. Yeah. I feel great, man. Yeah. I can see that um, when he makes the operation, you can see the little you know, tears. Tears. Yeah. MRI. But I let me say, I'd watch a video of you hitting mitts with Rafael, uh, Rafael Cordero, and I would say, tell me how you're going to get better shoulder function than this. Mm. Listen, how are you getting... That's the whole I reason saw, to I get surgery. I need surgery, but I don't feel it that. Then don't. Ignore <laughs> it. I'm, exactly. Ignore I'm it. I'm getting no operation. Yeah, I think it's voodoo. I think you got to like keep your mind straight. Just pretend your shoulders oh. don't bother you. Because it's like you you can throw punches with perfect precision. What else do you need from your shoulders? Yeah. That's all. You know? If it doesn't hurt, don't fix it. Have, have you decided whether or not you're ever going to compete again? Are you open to hey, it? I, I was going to stop, but they started offering us some real dough. Mm. <laughs> Let's wait until the, everything's substantial. We talked about it at the beginning of our podcast that we did earlier, but I don't think we really figured, fin uh, finished it. Like, what did it feel like to get back in there and compete again after all that time? Very scary. Yeah, very apprehensive a little, but I just, I just know what I'm doing. And, 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 but it was apprehensive. It was pretty weird. It went faster than I thought it would go. You know, I was really nervous, but on the fight, I'm always calm in the ring. But you know, mm -hmm. I was actually nervous. Mm -hmm. When it was over, did you have an immediate thought of like, I want to do this more, or did you think like, why am I doing this? No, um, this is interesting. The first day I was sparring, the first day of sparring, young guy, bow, bow, oh shit, bow, and um. I never said once, what the fuck am I doing here? I just, this is what it's about. So I just kept going to fight, but I was getting shellacked. I just kept going, boom, boom, wow. trying to hit him, boom, boom. Never once I said, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> but I got shellacked. Yeah. You know, I got the shit. How long did me. you hit mitts before you started sparring again? I don't know, but we did it for a while. And then we started fight boxing. We started sparring with these young guys, and they started wow. kicking the shit out of me. <laughs> And uh, I hit them with some shots, and they didn't move and stuff. And I had to get back in perspective. I had to really run, train, and yeah. fight. The, you know, the other guy to kick my ass. And I said, yes, make sure I spar the same guy. Because I'm not going to let him get away with kicking my ass. I'm going to do something. I'm going to head bottom. I'm going to do something tomorrow. Mm -hmm. He's not going to kick my ass again. I watched that fight live in my office because I didn't <laughs> want anybody bothering me. I locked the door in my office. And I'm, I'm like locked in watching it because I was like, I can't believe Mike Tyson is fighting Roy Jones Jr. I can't listen, believe this is really the whole team. My, listen, so, my friends are going like, Mike, is your back around? See you moving, Mike. Are you sure you do? My friends watch me trade. Then Mike, you playing? You're not gonna fight, are you? Then I can't believe you're doing this shit. You sure your back is all right? Because I'm moving. Yeah. Play that you sure? I I was. If someone asked me, do you think Mike Tyson is gonna fight again? I said, I don't think so. I think he's done. But then I saw that video. And after I saw that video, I was like, Yeah. Right, so why step, not? Yeah. Why not? I see you Check not. this out, right? Um, probably 
probably a note two or something like this. The tax lady was always calling me and saying, Mr. Tyson, I'm sure you have something to do. I know you're going to fight again, so why don't you just have this fight and pay your bills and everything will be fine. Mm-hmm. This is the um, IRS people. I was like, what? Are you serious? And she said, um, just fight. We know you're going to fight again. Just fight again and pay your bills and that'll be... And this lady, this is a lady from the IRS talking to me like this. I said, ma'am, I'm not going to fight again, right? And this lady died eventually and I did fight. Isn't that crazy? She was like, you got to fight again, Mike. So, yes, give she us was something. Right. She, she said, was give right. us something. Mike, we know you're going to fight yeah. again. She I knew. never in a million years thought about fighting. And I said, wow, she must have knew it. It was so interesting, the difference between your demeanor the first time you did the podcast with me and then the second time when you were about to fight. It's like you had just completely changed. You were like, you were lit up. Like you had, like you were like pulsing with energy. Like you were in shape. Sometimes I take myself too seriously. <laughs> well, you were ready to go, man. You were ready to go. Oh no! And then there was all this talk about you possibly having a match with Lennox Lewis, and there was possibly like Jake Paul. Like there was all these rumors. Like everybody hears that you might do it for a, a giant chunk of money. Hey, Jake Paul, believe it, not, believe it or not, is more profitable than the champ. If I fought the champ, he would. I'm not shocked. Yeah. I mean, it's. It's like, who's going to sell is, the most tickets? Yeah. He, listen, he brings, um, this guy probably brings like um, 80 million people, you know, to the table. Yeah. You know, Jake Paul, being about 87. I mean, 80. how many million people would buy that pay-per-view? I bet that would be a giant Yeah, but him alone, giant. he brings like You 80, and him, yeah. What do you need to be like a, for like a Manny Pacquiao, Floyd Mayweather pay-per-view? That's the greatest of all time, right? Mm-hmm. Is that the biggest one? Yeah, that's probably yeah. the biggest. Right? I think that was the biggest pay-per-view of all time. What did they sell? Like four and a half million pay-per-views? Something like that. Something crazy like that? It was nuts. That might be like right up there. Would you we, do it, Mike? Oh, my yeah. God, Mike. Only to break the record, though. I'm not breaking the record. <laughs> you might break the record. No, no, I'm Number one is Floyd Mayweather versus Manny Pacquiao. Yeah. 4.6 million buys. Woo! Sheesh. Woo! Jeez. Number two, Floyd Mayweather as well. Number four, Floyd Mayweather. He's an Damn, Floyd. Leave some for other people. Floyd's like that. Yeah. Floyd Mayweather versus Manny Pacquiao was big, but culturally, you versus Jake Paul, like this young YouTuber, takes on one of the greatest heavyweight champions that's ever lived. I love that. It sounds good. Hey, oh everybody, listen. Are please. you listening to this? <laughs> if he's willing to do it, you know how crazy it is if he's listen, willing I to do it? I saw Jake Paul. I was in St. Bart's. I was in St. Bart's, and I was, I don't know who you, yeah, I was on somebody's boat, and he was there. What did he say to you? Did he say something to you? It's all love. It's all love. Yeah. Oh, I mean, he's a lovely guy. All right, put a picture of me His and him His brother's great, Bart. too. Logan's Can a really you do nice that, guy. Please? But my point is, that fight would be gigantic. Because oh, first of all, everybody would want to see yeah. what. Let's do it, Jakey. <laughs> God, wouldn't that be cool? A good large man. percentage would want to see you knock his block off. Oh, that would be like most of the people <laughs> buying. Let's be right honest, Jake, right? You heard that. No disrespect to Jake. No, but no disrespect. This is how he sells things. He knows what he's doing. Yeah, he no, is a genius. Oh my God, he so is a genius. Smart, right? He's a genius. So smart. And he can fucking fight. You tell that, not, that right hand him? that he knocked Tyron Woodley out with, that's real. That's real as fuck. About, I worry about him getting in trouble before the fight happens. He's a little wild. He, I'm telling say, yo, man, you're going to go to jail for real. Yeah, Chill out. He's a little he, wild. He's going to be wild without going to jail, though. Yeah, I don't think he's going to go to jail. I think he's smart. He's just he's super ambitious. Listen, the thing he, about these guys is, like, they're too crazy, disciplined. Yeah. He's throwing stuff at people. You know, he, that's... Yeah. 
I mean, the bottles and the he's stuff. been sparring a lot too, right? You know? So he's just, he knows he could beat somebody up. <laughs> well, he's also been talking about like that he's suffering some of the effects of sparring a lot and fights. Mm. He's kind of talking openly about that, wow. but he likes it, and he's fucking good, man. You can't wow. deny after look. If he was just a boxer and he didn't have this YouTube past, mm -hmm. and he fought Tyrod Woodley, who's mm -hmm. the, one of the greatest UFC welterweight champions of all time, and KO'd him with one punch, people would be like, "Oh shit, yeah. well, this guy's Tyron, for real." Tyrone's yeah. not a boxer. This guy's a boxer. Right, but though. if Tyron Woodley went over to boxing like Anderson Silva beat Julio Cesar Chavez Jr., he, he beat him by decision. <laughs> Oh, don't. Please, not in front of me. Let's look at that me. fight. Anderson Silva was a beast. He's very competitive, I know. Yeah. That's crazy. He beat him. <laughs> yeah, I know. He beat him by nuts. decision. He's nuts. But the point guy. is, like, if Tyron Woodley decided to just go into boxing, mm -hmm. people would be very excited just about watching one of the great UFC welterweights of all time, one of the greatest champions of all time. Yeah. To watch him go and box would be interesting. And if you saw a guy who was an up-and-coming prospect who Tyron Woodley boxed and flatlined him with one punch, you would go, holy shit. That was a real punch, This guy's though. a bad motherfucker. So that's what's interesting. Uh, you don't this think it is was, Anderson wait, you versus don't, Julio Cesar. You, you don't think it was a real punch, Mike? Huh? Yeah, it was a real punch. Oh, the one he knocked out Tyron Woodley? That was yeah, a very real yeah. punch. But the point is, if he was just a regular contender oh, no and he did that to Tyron Woodley, everybody would be, everyone freaking, would be out freaking out and yeah. go, this kid is something special. No facts. And it's just because the fact, it's like a weapon that they use that they're YouTube kids. Because, like, you don't take it seriously. You're like, this oh, there's just crazy. these guys I'm watching these two guys fight. I think it's honestly pretty, uh, honestly motivating. To, it like, is see, motivating. To see guys, like, in different avenues do what they want, their passion, and, yeah. and hit it head first and do it right. Anderson fought very smart against Chavez Jr. He outboxed him. And then not he, the style, it's the morale behind the style. He wants to win. He has enthusiasm. Yeah. Well, he, he always had a hand-heavy style in MMA. He always had very accurate hands. Like, his first fight with Chris Lieben, a lot of the combinations that he landed on Lieben when he fought in the UFC were with his hands. He Super hurt his accurate leg with punches. Didn't, didn't no, he hurt his leg with Weidman. Weidman he threw yeah, a kick and snapped and his snapped shin. The leg, that yeah. was fucked. That was fucked. Uh, but uh, in his first fight with Lieben, it was like a lot of it was just like sliding just out of range of Lieben's punches and cracking him with counters. Now, this so is crazy like, looking at him box like boxing. this. Well, it makes me think if he was he younger. He looked like he was the boxer and this guy was the uh, exactly. MMA fighter. Because he was a stand-up fighter. Yeah. You know, like, Anderson was a Muay Thai fighter. That was I, his whole thing. I know, but this guy's an athlete, though. Mm -hmm. Anderson's yes. an athlete. Yes. He's a special fighter. Um, and during Javis, his prime... Javis is not an athlete. This guy is an athlete. Yes. And during his prime, he was one of the greatest of all time. To Anderson Silva during his prime, there was like a few years when Anderson Silva he was just a everybody. wizard. I mean, beat he was a wizard. That one year, he beat all yeah. the great contenders. And, and he was champions. a wizard. Everybody was terrified of getting caught up in his spell yeah. because he would just light people. When he front kicked Vitor in the face and oh, KO'd him, boom, yeah, yeah, yeah. like, holy shit. You know, and that, I mean, that's what Anderson did. He but found listen, a way to do things like Anderson that. Anderson was um, Asante. He was the guy, um, who's the champ now? Adesanya. 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 Yeah. He was Adesanya when he was his when he was a chair. Well, Israel yeah. had a deep respect for him. When the two yeah. fought, it was a, it was a wild fight to watch. 
because you know, like that was a guy that Israel has a deep respect I for. I know because he a, fights a striker. Like him. He fights like him. Similar, similar. Uh, Adesanya is even slicker. Yeah. Adesanya is like one of the best kickboxers that's uh, ever fought in MMA. So quick, man. But he's all, he's also like super technical. Yeah. Like it's not just like Adesanya competed at a world class level in kickboxing. That's the difference between like Anderson never really competed. Anderson was one of the greatest fighters that's ever walked the face of the planet, no doubt. But he doesn't have a long history of competing against elite kickboxers and winning, mm -hmm. whereas Adesanya did. Mm -hmm. Like, a lot, Adesanya had some great fights against world-class kickboxers, like Jason Wellness, he fought for the title. Mm -hmm. A lot of people thought he should have won the decision. And he also fought that guy, Pereira, who is a, a top champion or a top contender now at 185 yeah. pounds. Yeah. And that was his nemesis. That guy beat him twice. But there's, that's a, there's a level of, like, elite striker that Adesanya was that, like, just in straight kickboxing, that's very rare. Who's the greatest fighter you ever saw? Man, man, your opinion, your opinion only. It's hard to say, but it might have been Mighty Mouse. Because mm. when Mighty Mouse was in his prime, he was so magnificent. Mm -hmm. He was so fast, and he was doing things that you couldn't, you couldn't believe how he could do. He hit a dude with a suplex and caught him with an arm bar on the <laughs> way down. And I'm not, I'm not exaggerating What? this. He, he body dumped this guy and in the process of taking him to the ground, mm -hmm. got him in an armbar. Look up Mighty Mouse versus Ray Borg armbar. So he hoists this dude in the air and in the transition between him being in the air and on the ground, Mighty Mouse hits, Mighty Mouse hits an armbar. Like that's freak of nature type shit. Like yeah. the, the, the level of skill and technique you have to have, this is it. The yeah. level of skill and technique that you have to have to be able to hit this on a world-class fighter in a world championship fight. Look at this. Bam. Wow. Bam. Ooh. Catches it on the way down in a world title fight and catches him in an arm bar. Well, that's different. And that's, taps him. He taps too. everybody. That's athletic, too. <laughs> Bro. That, that, Bro. What's that white boy from He's, he's going to break his fucking Eklund. arm. You know who Eklund? What's that guy Eklund in? <sighs> he took it out? Uh, yeah, I'm always worried that dudes are going to get their arms broken. I, I've seen so many guys get their arm snapped now because they won't tap. But this was just genius That's shit. Insane. When he was in his prime, he was almost, he was fighting world caliber mm -hmm. competition and they weren't even hitting him. He was moving on angles that they didn't expect. He was feinting them and shooting for takedowns. He was kicking them in the head when they thought he was going <laughs> to throw takedowns. He was just hitting people with like wizard shit. Yeah. And he was doing it for a couple of years. He was just doing it at 125 pounds. And for whatever reason, that division just never got the kind of hype. And if he was 185 pounds mm -hmm. and he was at the level that he was when he was 125, he would have been, he would have been a giant superstar. Yeah. He was that good. Everybody was like, he's the GOAT. You would watch him fight, and you would go, Jesus Christ, he's good. Yeah. He, he beat Henry Cejudo, stopped him in the first round. They're he fighting Henry. when Henry was running over yeah. everybody. He beat, Henry. Oh, he beat him in the first round. He stopped him in the first round with knees to the body. Andy, what do you think about this guy? Dude, he grabbed me once. <laughs> We were playing around. Um, I, I, uh, I, I went up to him uh, backstage at the UFC. I gave Henry him a hug. A bad motherfucker. Henry's dude. a bad motherfucker. I, but Mighty Mouse, I, I gave Mighty Mouse a hug and just playing. He hit me with two knees. I just touched my body. Didn't hurt me, but touched me so fast that it was, like, it was unsettling. It was unsettling. I go, what's up? I give him a hug. He goes, hey. Pop, pop. And it just does like, he, just, he plays is, with you. He's like, uh, touches you. What does he do now? What's happening now? Well, he's fighting for one FC, and he just beat this dude named Rod Tang. Rod Tang is a, a high-level Muay Thai fighter, multiple-time champion, who is also, um, like, he's got more than 100 professional fights in Muay Thai. 
and uh, he's fighting over at one FC in their Muay Thai division, and they had a, a, a mixed fight where the first round's Muay Thai, the second round is MMA. Okay. And so he got through the first round against Rod Tang, and then submitted him in the second round, took his back and Listen, strangled um, him, and put him to sleep. Some people, it's no matter a how wild big fight. Are, some people are born to fight. Don't give their hundred pound, ten pound. Woo! They're born to do this shit. But it's what it's also like the balls to take a match like this because the first round he has to fight Rod Tang style, and Rod Tang is top of the food chain Muay Thai. And when you're a specialist in anything, like especially a specialist in striking, your, your advantage over someone else when you know there's no takedowns is gigantic. So this guy's kicking his legs out from under him. He's smashing him. Every time he moves close to him, he's trying to light him up. Here he is. You see him just lighting him up with elbows and knees. And Mighty Mouse in a real-world situation would just take this guy down. But he can't in this whole round. So he has to fight the whole round with just Muay Thai until the second round when this is where you see it. He gets his back and he just chokes him completely unconscious. And Rod Tang's arms <laughs> go limp. But the dude's a warrior. He yeah. never tapped. He just went out. Badass. So that's where Mighty Mouse is. I think if I have to j judge, it's like he's at the top of my list of the greatest of all time. But there's so many greatest of all times. It's like the greatest I, boxer. I saw this guy, Eckler, something in, um, in Harlem. He's a monster. A little way. He died of cancer. What? He died of cancer? Name Eklund something. Meanest guy mm. ever. So he's a little skinny white boy. He's a mean... Was evil. he a, a kickboxer? Ramon Deckers? Is that who you're thinking of? I Ramon think Deckers died of a heart attack, I believe. He was a young guy when he died? Yes, he was pretty young. Yeah, he, he was a multiple-time champion. And Ramon Deckers was just ferocious. You watch Ramon Decker's highlight reel. Holy fuck. Look, that's what I was telling this you. This dude, Ramon Deckers, had to get his ankles fused... Because he shattered his ankle so many times, uh -huh. from kicking Holland, into right? people's from knees. Yeah. yeah, kicking into people's knees, kicking into people's elbows. He shattered all of his shit. So when he fought, he had to get his stuff. He was he got to get his ankle fused, and then he would have to tape the fuck out of it. And he fight. kept fighting. And he kept fighting. Him. And they he told him, him, look, if you keep kicking with this leg, you could lose it. And he'd get in a fight. Fuck you. Wham. <laughs> he was an animal, dude. Yeah. Ramon Deckers is like is the that legendary. That's his name, a small guy. Right? Yes, that's him. That's him. That's the greatest fighter. In my Diamond. Opinion. That's wow. the greatest fighter. He was a guy who went over to Thailand when no he European was doing that's that. It was just fucking right everybody that's up. That's the greatest fighter. That's that's my greatest fighter. He of all was time. so ferocious. Ooh, like, universally loved amongst Ooh. kickboxers. Like he's one hundred percent respected as Look one of the greatest of all time. Though. Look how mean. Not I only that, that, but here's the thing about Ramon Deckers. He was their size. Like a lot of guys went over to Thailand, but Thai mm. fighters aren't as big physically as yeah. a lot of these, especially the Dutch guys are really big guys. Yeah. So he was a small guy their size fucking everybody up. Mm. Ramon Deckers was a savage mm. man. That's my favorite. That's my favorite. Savage fighter. He was oh my God. So he's like, such you know, a the, the wild fight to watch. Yeah, that's my favorite right here. I mean, and this is when it was just all glory, right? Listen, this wasn't, no you weren't getting famous listen, doing this. He had the, the um, characteristics of a savage, very humble, shy, yeah. kind. Yeah. Then he, then Universally he had, loved. Yeah. Universally loved by fighters. Because he brought it every fight. Every fight was just <sighs> wild chaos. No, but chaos. he fought some mean dude. He fought oh, some badasses. Yes. He fought some guys, you got to beat them with baseball bats. <laughs> he fought some animals, man. You can, a, a young fighter who wants to learn kickboxing, you could do no better than to emulate this Ooh, style. This guy's a monster. Oh, he's an animal. He was a Look fucking straight-up man. He's a monster. Yeah.
Ramon Deckers is one of the all-time oh, greats. Yeah, yeah, that was different. that across-the-top <laughs> leg kick. That's a nasty look leg kick. Look at this stuff, man. Look at this. Look and this again, stuff. this is when you're not talking about something that you got millions of dollars on the line. Yeah, These aren't love, guys who are fighting for like Floyd Mayweather. Money. I can't yeah. listen. We just loved it. This yeah, is my favorite loved it. martial arts guy right here. You it's, think that part of the world is filled with hard people, man. Mean, yeah. tough fighting. Yeah. Holland has some hard fighters. There's so many elite kickboxers came out of Holland. And a lot of them out of a karate background. Yeah. A lot of them had karate background, Holland's, a lot of kyokushin. Holland always had great fighters. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Tough Turn fucking of people. The you, you think Connor's going to come back? I hope so, because he's fun. You know, I hope he comes back. But I think, honestly, like when boxers come back from a long layoff and they come back from a loss. One thing that boxers do that's smart is they have a tune-up yeah, fight. Tune fight. I think tune-up fight, I think there's a reason why they've been using tune-up fights forever, like astute managers. They know you got to knock the dust off and you'll be better in the next performance. Yeah. To jump right into a Dustin Poirier or right into, uh, you know, name it, Michael Chandler, like right into a guy who's like at the elite of the elite. I think, you know, like, I, I think what Connor needs to do is what Connor wants to do. If, he, if Connor thinks he can go up and fight Usman, you know, and, and, and make a big payday and try to become a three division champion, he, he should do that. He should do whatever he wants to do. But if I was like a manager to him and I said, what's the best path to success? The best path to success is like the cowboy fight. No disrespect to cowboy, but that fight turned out to be kind of like a, a warm up fight. Mm -hmm. I mean, Connor's a, you know, he's a ferocious striker, and he took Cowboy out in the first round. That doesn't mean that... Cowboy's like, exciting, though. Cowboy's very exciting, but that's why that fight was a great fight, because Cowboy didn't run from him. We met him head-on and got caught. But if Connor wants the most chance of success, I would say fight a guy who is a, a little below championship level, maybe a guy on the come-up who, like, Connor has an advantage over, but it's still a competitive fight. Give him a test but don't put him in there like, right away with Usman. And especially, like, who knows what's going on with his leg. But if you're a guy who just wants to make the most amount of money, the most amount of money is fighting Usman. Usman. And that's the most amount of challenge. Yeah. That's probably the most amount of fear he's going to face. But if you're going to do it, let's do it right. Let's get a tune-up. If he's going to fight Usman, right. yeah, yeah, that's a scary-ass fight. If you've got to be win, ready if for that scary If you're fighting to win, yeah. let's get a tune-up. Yeah. That is the guy that nobody called out. When Usman was the contender, and he was making his way through the ranks, Everybody, shut the fuck up. <laughs> there was nobody calling for that guy. I mean, nobody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And me, I, I would talk about it with DC once. I go, you know who, who nobody calls for? Nobody calls for Usman. Nigerian nightmare. He's like, fuck that. They don't want none of that. They don't want none of that. He was just steamrolling people. Yeah. And it was the way he was doing it. Like, they didn't have a chance. Everybody was getting mauled. There was no close fights. It was just maulings. It was just a series of maulings. And, uh, and it was that's just the like, the um, Covington? Yeah. Well, once he knocked out Masvidal with one punch, that's when everybody's like, oh, Jesus. Like, now he's, he's better in his striking. It's like his striking has reached, like, a super elite level, I didn't level think he was, too, he was so much bigger than... Um, than Colby? No, Masvidal. Than Masvidal? Yeah, he's bigger. He's bigger than everybody. Well, Masvidal used to fight at 55. Usman's never making 55. He's the perfect size to make 170. He can get down to 170, and then he gets he rehydrates uh, back up to probably, if I had a guess, he's probably in the high 90s. Mm. You know, Who should he fight? There. Who should he fight? He should fight anybody. I, I would like to see him fight Canelo. 
I really mm. would. Not because I think that he's a favorite in a boxing match against one of the greatest boxers of all time, but I want to see him get a giant payday. The same way I would like to see Ngannou fight Tyson Fury. That's a way you can make a shitload of money. And I don't think it damages his potential as a, a UFC fighter. I think it would be invaluable experience for him as a champion if he, he did have that fight and then came back over to MMA. I think it'd probably be even better as a striker think, if he I gets think, through um, it relatively undamaged, even if he loses. And he's well, one of those they, guys. He's like gonna, they, he's gonna feel some pain. He's gonna feel some pain. He's it's not the it's not the same sport, but he's a dude that he knows how to win. Like I told you about his knees. His you have to understand this guy's mindset. His knees are destroyed. He had like that micro smash where they smash it to try to resurface oh. it. It didn't work. It made it worse. Like his knees are fucked. But he doesn't care. Like he just doesn't run. But he never runs out of cardio. Like everything he does is just drive. It's all plyometrics and all the strength and conditioning shit he does in the gym. He's doing it with fucked up knees. All the wrestling drills he's know doing. Know what I learned about those, um, the biggest lesson I learned in fighting? What? That um, it's not a tough man sport. It's a thinking man sport, and that a tough man's gonna get really hurt in this in this sport. Mm. It's true. You, a tough you have guy to be smart. It's gonna get really hurt in this game. He's gonna get really hurt. A tough guy, the guy that's everybody yeah, yeah. scared. He's gonna get hurt in this boxing game because this is all about thinking. Yeah, but you, you have be to be. Yeah, you have to be tough, but you also have to not ever want to prove that you're tough. Exactly, you gotta be just proving you're skillful. Exactly. You know, and always fight the best it way. It never turns out right. I don't care yeah. how much you love this guy. The guy takes a lot of punches. He don't turn out right. It never turns out right. It never turns out right, and it's sad when it becomes like their calling cards that they get in wars, and then the fans want wars. Then they get sick, might commit suicide, some stuff. So like, there's a lot of people that love the trilogy between Mickey Ward and Arturo Gotti, right? I mean, they're amazing fights. Yeah. But not good for you. But it's right? chemistry. Right? You know? Not good for you. Those are not good. Those are not good for you. Like, those are the kind of fights that they stay with you for a long those fight, time. Those guys, it's just chemistry. They can never have oh an easy God. fight. Mm -hmm. If they're 100 years old, their fights will be but death-defying. But Gotti switch it up on one of the fights? I think I it was the last boxing, fight. Right? Started and boxed him. See, that was where you got to see the difference between Floyd Mayweather and everybody else. When Floyd Mayweather fought Gotti, mm -hmm. and you go like, oh. Yeah. Oh. Demons, you know? impeccable. There's levels. <laughs> There's levels. levels. That's one of the most God, amazing things about fighting. He couldn't hit him to the body. Moved his body. So so skillful. Couldn't even hit him to the body even. You know, some of the great fights take your punch. Yeah. Joe, I'm just curious because you interview so many amazing people. Who are some people that have actually surprised you when you did interview them? Like your perception of them, of them actually changed because you interviewed them. Like who are some of your favorites and why? Um, well, Elon Musk is one of them. Elon Musk is a really nice guy. He's like a genuinely nice guy who's trying to do the right thing. Or at he least, hangs out with some friends of mine. They say they want, they want me to meet this guy. They always hang I would out love with to him. introduce you to him. Really? Yeah, yeah, I would love to. I think you would enjoy his company. He's a really nice guy. He's a cancer, too. Very I'm unassuming. a cancer. He's a cancer. He's very unassuming. Mm -hmm. Like, for the smartest fucking guy in the world, yeah. he's, like, really easy to talk to. And he's interesting to talk to because, like, he's got solutions for shit. Yeah. And he's trying to do them. Like, he's trying to implement solutions for electric cars and tunnels under cities yeah. to alleviate traffic and putting people on Mars and all this wild shit. And you're like, yeah. Jesus Christ. Well, we're kind of lucky to have a dude like that around yeah. who's got all these wild ideas about you know, how to Tesla, fix things. When Tesla died, you know, the government went and took all his... Yeah. Writings and I all I just the watched a documentary oh. last week oh, really? about Tesla. Oh, yeah, but that's what happened. Yeah. I'm trying to be the guy that knows they everything. Took, they it took was all, amazing. They took all the what? Yeah, you know, no, um, Tesla had a, a gadget that was 
It was a gadget to use the weather as a war machine. Wow. Yeah, he had a lot of wild ideas. You know, Tesla was responsible for a lot Imagine having to rain for 50 today. nights yeah. 50 nights in this state right here. Yeah, you could, like, literally drown people out. <laughs> <laughs> Tesla had some wild, wild ideas, man. Yeah. And a lot of them came to fruition, like alternating current. That was his idea. His idea was, like, you know, the ACDC. And, like, all, it used to be just direct current. It would be one level of electricity that went through every device. And it always overbaked yeah. and shit. Yeah. <laughs> he developed alternate yeah, current. Yeah, he overbaked and stuff. Yeah, he, he was a genius, but he was, a, like, a legit crazy person. There's a, there's a documentary about him and on listen, Amazon Prime right, right now. Just I genius, tell, listen, man. I tell everybody this. Everybody wants to be a friend of a genius, but nobody wants to live yes, with one. Yes, we were saying that today. Yeah, nobody wants You're to so live right. with one. You don't want to live with one of those fucking people. Mm-hmm. They're probably... Tortured all the time. talking to himself all the time. Oh man, I could have did this. Oh man, why didn't I do that yesterday? Why didn't you help me, baby? You could have helped me. <laughs> is, it, is it Elon buying, thinking about buying Twitter for like I hope 40, I hope 43 billion? What do you think about Something it? crazy. I hope he buys Twitter. Yeah. Because he's committed to the idea of free speech. Mm. We can't have people dictating what people can and can't no, talk that's about. Not, that's not, that's not, not healthy. Because that's not a realistic world. Yeah. They they did some things where they do, they wouldn't allow people to get links to certain news stories they thought would be unfavorable towards particular candidates. Like that shit's dangerous. Like you're controlling elections in that. But, way. Still, but still, they're talking you know? about uh, Bo Biden hanging out with um, Whitey Bulger's yeah. nephew. His nephew. Like who cares? Who gives a damn? Who gives a shit? We're happy that Whitey Bulger has somebody that's legit in his family. Okay. Yeah. Hunter, I want to hang out with Hunter. Yeah, I think that no, it's Hunter. I just yeah, I've Bo, never done me, coke, but I'll do it with him. Hunter, the offer stands. <laughs> I just want to hang out with him. I just want to be like this. Yo, yo, tell me about this, Hunter. Hey, tell yeah. me, what about this? I would just... Hey, what about this, Hunter? What do you about to think about this, I would, bro? I would tell him to do stand-up. Bro, you should be doing stand-up. You're fucked up. You should be one of us. Come hang I out with him. On the, fit right my in. friend at um, FaceTime me and had him on the other lot. I was so excited. I said, yeah, what you doing, <laughs> man? Have you seen his artwork? He sells his artwork for, like, fucking huge amounts of money. Hunter Biden has like famous artwork. Like people buy it in galleries. Hunter's like, the man. Kind of ironically, they want to have like a Hunter Biden painting in the house, probably. You have worth one? a lot of money. No, I should get one. Oh, I need to get man. one. Now I'm gonna get one. Hunter, if you're out there, be I'll do be coke be and I'll buy a painting. Similar, you hear, oh. I know you heard that, Hunter. <laughs> I'm not I really won't do coke. coke. I'll watch. If my kids you. watch this, I'm not really doing coke. <laughs> I'll watch you catch a heart attack, but I'm not gonna do Yeah, I don't lose my job. That's the one thing I've never fucked with. You did? No. Oh man, you might as well do it with Hunter then. That's what I'm saying. It'll be the time. I'm 54. When I was in high school, my good friend of mine, his cousin, was selling coke, and they sold coke, and him and his girlfriend just huddled up in a fucking attic apartment, and they never came out, and they lost weight, and they looked like vampires, and all they did was do coke and watch TV and sell coke, and I was like, fuck this. It was literally like a f- watching a friend who got bit by a vampire. That shit puts holes in your brain. <laughs> Whatever it did to him, it became, they became Madden addicted you, to coke, Madden and that's you all they did. had a cocaine did. crew, and all of them died but you. <laughs> right, right. Whoa, well, today baby. with fentanyl, that's happening a lot. You know, there's a lot of people dying where they get some shit that's laced. Yeah. It's scary stuff now. It's scary, and it's all scary because it's illegal. If it was legal, it would all be re- it would all be r- regulated. You would have like certified purity standards for all these different things that people are taking anyway. Yeah. And especially when you get to a certain age, like if you're a 42 year old man, who the fuck is supposed to tell you you can't try heroin? Says who? Says who, another 42-year-old man? You can't handle it, Mike. Like, fuck you. Like, you're a grown man. Maybe maybe you're wrong. Maybe I try it and I only like do it once and it makes me feel good and I want to go read poetry and hang out and roll around in flowers. Maybe you're wrong. Like, how do we know? We don't know because they tell us it's illegal. And as long as things stay illegal, then people are going to make 
cut versions where you're going to buy whatever you're trying to buy, whether it's you're trying to buy Coke or whatever, and there's going to be fentanyl in it, and you're going to die. And it happens all the time now. I used to do fentanyl when I was younger. Before I became famous, I used to put the patch on my feet so no one could see it. Oh, really? For and when it yeah, hurt? No, it kills pain. Oh. It, but, it, but it's heroin. Once I, you know, it takes it, once oh. I take it off. But didn't start, it slow I, you down? No. No. Once I took it off, I thought vomit. Yeah, just like heroin. Wow. Oh, wow. Yeah. You know what doesn't slow you down is weed, right? Not at all. Isn't that a thing, and Mike, shrooms. that people think, like, and how shrooms. is Mike Tyson smoking weed and, and moving so quick? Now, shrooms, too. Don't forget shrooms. <laughs> speaking, speaking of marijuana, which I don't do, just put that out there for the NFL. Good for you. Good for <laughs> um, you. This episode's based off of 420. Can we talk about some of your experiences with weed and why do you think it honestly should be integrated maybe in sports and, and just legalized, honestly? Well, first of all, for creativity... It has a great benefit for people for creativity. And one of the things about martial arts, boxing, any kind of fighting sport is a lot of it is technique and implementation of technique. And sometimes it's about creativity. Sometimes it's about setting things up. Roberto Duran used to do this thing where he would fake a jab, fake a right hand, and then step in and hit you with a long jab. And he went, bang, and he did it a few times. I remember watching that combination. Like, that is a slick fucking combination because he's eliciting two feints. There's a feint with the first jab, there's a feint with the right hand, and then a long straight left hand. So he's popping you with the jab, but it's like a step-in jab. I remember watching him going, that is so creative. That's a creative move. Mm -hmm. Like, but he's learning technique, but it's also listen, recognizing... He's making the move. Yes. He, don't, he keeps his hair long. He uses yes. his hair to flash into people's face. Right, right. And he looks like a demon, Like a too. bullfighter. <laughs> when, when Duran had that jet black hair and his whipping with He looked like Charles Manson. Oh, my God. <laughs> Joe Frazier called him Charles Manson. <laughs> Charles Manson. He was so scary when he was the champ, when he was the lightweight champ. And lightweight, right? Ooh. The Ken Buchanan days. You gotta watch those old school I remember, Roberto Duran videos. I remember 1980 when he went up in welterweight to fight Sugar Ray Leonard with the biggest thing in the world. Mm, it was and, huge. Yeah, Montreal. And when he, he goaded Leonard into a fucking slugfest, he goaded Leonard into trying to fight his kind of fight and to, to go mano a mano, to, to, you know, like to show emotion. And <laughs> feel Charles Mathy looked like Roberto Duran. Like, <laughs> 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 Let's put Roberto Duran in it. Look at highlights of Roberto Duran. Yeah, go R Roberto Duran lightweight. Because those are the best years. It's not that just the, just he did the some like, great, welterweight like, fight he did with Leonard was amazing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Carlos Palomino. Benitez, right? Oh, Benitez oh, is a master, though. Yeah. But when he was, a, I mean, he was literally a natural well, look lightweight. Look, this is a great one. The Japanese Woo! guy. Wow. That guy, Bro. That was a... Ooh, oh, he's so ferocious! Crazy. Look at ooh. oh my god, this is this that's is him prime, crazy. relentless. Oh my goodness! Well, that's his oh, prime. that's welterweight. Yeah, that's when he beat Davey Moore. Yes, I was there that night. I was 16, 17. He was one of the people that I met that it was a lot like meeting you. It was like, oh shit, that's Roberto Turan for real. You know, it just doesn't seem real. Like you're really in his presence. Yeah. Listen, right? Um, I was fighting some. I was fighting Michael Spinks, right? Oh, that's when yeah, he's that's him against Ken Buchanan wow. right there. Look at him. Man. And he was so fast. Ooh, oh. And his fucking pace, the pace he put on guys. Oh! He said, next, he said, I'm out of shape. Next time I fight this guy, I send him <laughs> to the morgue instead of the hospital. Oh, oh. he was ferocious. He was evil talking. Look at all against the Hazels. Have you ever tried mm. the toad at all, Joe? Yes. I've had uh, synthetic 5-methoxy DMT, yeah, 5-MeO DMT, which is basically what that stuff is, yeah. 
It's like, I, I mean, from what I understand, that's what the, the DMT from the frog is, right? The toad. Yeah. You scrape it off. They, they would put it on, they would initially like milk it on glass, right? And they would dry it out in the sun and then scrape it and smoke it. So I've had the synthetic version of that a couple of times, like three or four times. I want the lizard tail now and the white uh, cobra. The lizard tail? And white cobra. Have you had it? Have you had the toad? Nothing? No, Nothing? No, no, no. What? I'm a cold-hearted... Um, what, what's the lizard tail? What's that? Some new thing. Those opiates. Like, you, sm you literally Ooh, look at him right there. Look at that side. Tail. Whoa. Yeah, look at him. Look at him go. Oh, oh my goodness. Man. He was so ferocious, oh, man. Boom. So boom, ferocious. Duran in the lightweight era was Ooh. just something special. Hands of stones, Oh, my baby. goodness. So ferocious. You know, one of the things about your rise to, to the top, Mike, that was really interesting was how much you talked about film of old fighters. That's like Jack Johnson, Jack Dempsey, Harry Greb. Yeah. If you want to be the best, you have to watch the best. Mm. That was such an amazing resource to have those films, yeah. to watch those old guys fight, and to like be able to break them down and you know play it back and well, see moves they did. The game. I watched them all day, a couple of times all day. Because when I was getting ready to fight a fight, I'm gonna fight like this guy today. Kids have that today, <laughs> like they have that with YouTube. It's an amazing advantage. Like you can go on YouTube and you watch. Uh, I bet they have a Stanley Ketchell. See if there's a Stanley Actually, oh, Ketchell, there's a Ketchell fight on against YouTube. Jack Johnson. Yeah, Jack Johnson. They definitely Ooh, have Jack Johnson. This is the fight right here, baby. Uh, Buchanan's a bad mother. He was a bad motherfucker. He was kicking Duran's ass too. Duran went low a couple times. Didn't yeah, he? he did. Yeah, yeah he, he was did. a badass. He went, <laughs> he went low. Duran was an he animal. He was kicking Duran's ass. Redhead hit him low. Duran was a fucking animal. Well, look at this. Look at this. It's look at color this. now. Stanley Ketchum was the middleweight champion, and he fought Jack Johnson, who was the heavyweight champion. And he just knocked out the light heavyweight champion yeah. before this fight. And he dropped Jack Johnson with a punch, and Jack Johnson got very upset. Look at this shit. And he, this said, and he decided this to beat crazy. the fuck out of him. Look at this, 1909. Look how they fight. Isn't that crazy? Look at that trunk. Just put on some... Big underwear or something. That's back when dudes <laughs> all had to wear hats. Everybody wore yeah, a hat. Look how they dressed back then. Yeah, all those dudes had hats on. Look at all those dudes. <laughs> it's crazy. They all had those, like, kind of dress-up hats. Because, listen, um, the car got, became real famous in 1915, so people started to go travel to fights. Mm -hmm. You know what yes. I mean? Yes. Like with Jack Johnson, everybody wanted him to lose, so the whole world, the whole country would go travel to see him lose. We uh, were playing the Jim, Je the uh, James Jeffries fight. Yeah, that was a good one. And we there's a there's like a documentary on YouTube that shows the lead up to the James Jeffries oh, fight because Jeffries was like 300 plus pounds. Also, that way playing handball. And yep. Stuff. And so they had to get him in shape, and it took like six months. He See, was listen, fat and just it, drinking. No, it, you never could. The, um, the the narrator could never explain how great Jim Jeffrey was until yes. Jack Johnson came. He was undefeated. Right. Yeah. He was a bad man. He was like a human bear. Yeah, yeah he was a bad man. And it was a good fight. It would have yeah. been interesting to have seen him fight Jack Johnson when he was younger, before he'd retired. Listen, he was a better fighter when he fought Jack Johnson than when he can. He probably could have gotten better shape and fought guys before Johnson. But before, when he first started fighting, like the 1990s, 1890s, his hand was down. But um, 19 years went by, he had the hands came up. Really? Style changed. So he learned. He learned for this Kit McCoy, a guy named Kit McCoy. What's the Kit McCoy? No, um, Tommy Ryan. Ah. He's the welterweight middleweight champ, Tommy Ryan, and he taught him to put his hands up. Tommy Ryan was the most respected fighter back in the 1900s. You know that Stanley Ketchell video that we were just watching mm -hmm. when Stanley Ketchell fought Jack Johnson? What's crazy is, like, Stanley Ketchell was a murderous puncher, yeah. and he looked like a regular guy. Like, he was one of those weird murderous listen, punchers. But listen, 
he was a gangster. Know who he used to hang out with? He used to hang out with um, the not the James brothers, but the Dalton brothers. Mm. Oh, really? He was a gangster, can and that's how he got killed. He because he molested somebody's girlfriend, and the guy blew his oh. brains off. Like, look, he's not like a big old muscular no, guy. No, but listen, let me tell you something. Both of these guys is equally disliked in this country. Both mm. of them. Both of them. He was a scary guy to scan the catcher. He don't care. He'll do whatever. He, he was just wild. Yeah. If he saw your wife, he'll grab your wife. He Ooh. didn't care. He was just fearless. That makes sense. That makes fearless. sense that he was that. I mean, that's a hard time. I mean, what time, were you, what year was this when he's this was a, going he's, down? He's from Poland. He won the title at 19. 19. What, what year is this? It's 1909. 1909. So think about this. That's a hard time. 1909 is like Listen, in this. 1909, and wearing gloves, you're a bitch because this is just leaving bare knuckle fighting. Yeah. You know what I mean? Last bare knuckle fight was what? Um, 1890, what? 91, 92. So, who was the last bare knuckle champion? Was it John O'Sullivan? John O'Sullivan. He was the last one? Yeah. Wow. What do you think 19, about that bare knuckle boxing thing they're doing now? Huh? What do you think about that bare knuckle boxing I think thing they're it's, doing it's, now? It's useless because it won't last long because your hands will break all the time. Yeah. You gotta keep your hands wrapped in tape because if you fight without tape, it's gonna break. That's why they stopped bare knuckle because the rounds the rounds ended when you when you fit, when you dropped. If you got dropped, that was the end of a round. So that's why you see a guy he went fifty rounds because he got dropped fifty times or something. Mm. You know, but that was the end of the round in bare knuckle fighting. Until the Marcus of Queensbury, mm. he made three minutes, one minute rest and stuff. They're doing this weird thing now where they have uh, they have a kind of halfway glove. It's like a glove that goes over your hand, it. but your knuckles are exposed, and it looks like it, it wraps your wrist tight. Have you seen it? That's yes. like what they're yes. doing. They're calling it bare knuckle, but it's not just this. It it's can like because all, it looks very knuckle, hard. If the knuckle hit, the knuckle would go back into the bone, especially the two mm -hmm. um, smaller knuckles. That so do you think they can support. prevent some of that by some kind of The punch has to be directed. Right. You know what I mean? But even during direct, it's going to break. It's not meant to hit bone. The bone is not meant to hit bone. That's going to be very short careers. Yeah, it's short careers. It seems like people knuckle, that are... It sounds savage, and it is, but in, if it lasts more than three rounds, these guys take pain immensely amount of pain. Yeah. Pauli Malinaji fought uh, Artem uh, Lobov, right? And bare knuckle? Yeah, he fought him wow. in bare knuckle. He would do... Paul got too much balls, too. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, you'd be surprised how many fighters have more balls than brains. You yeah, know, just fearless. Have the balls. They're not fearless, but they just got the balls to do it. Just gladiators. Yeah, but it's always just um, this 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 fighting game. You can't be a tough guy. You're not. You're gonna get humbled being a tough guy in this box. Got to be scientific. Mm. Yeah, there's always gonna be someone like you, but has thought it through better. Yeah, and I think now with like the level of athletes. Everybody has access to all that footage that we were talking about. Like, exactly. you can go on and watch Julian Jackson fights. You can go on and you can watch Marvin Hagler in his prime when he fought, like, Mustafa Hamshow and, and John the Beast Mugabe. Woo! Those fights. John the Beast Mugabe was murdering everybody. And Marvin Hagler took everything beat from him. Beat the shit out Took everything from him. Beat the shit everybody out Everybody was scared of the Beast, yeah. right? Everybody's scared of the Beast except Marvin. Marvin only got knocked <coughs> out one time in his career, and it's an illegitimate knockdown. Who Juan, Juan Roldan. Roldan. Roldan was so, he knocked him down by accident. He was so scared of Marvin, man. <laughs> knocked him down. He was scared. Well, it seemed like more of a slip. It was like he pushed him down. Roldan was so scared, boy. Yeah, well, it was good reason. Marvin, back in that day, was... He was the best, and he was switch hitting. He was he was southpaw, and he was orthodox. He'd go back and forth, yeah. like the way Terrence Crawford does it now. Like he's one of the only guys that could really do it at an elite level 
like um, amongst like top flight boxers of today. Marvin was just too mean. He was oh, he was nice so mean. to people. He was mean <laughs> to the fighters. Good to the family. He's a tough guy. He's tough. Fucking guy. Tough he's fucking from Newark, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah he was from Newark, too. Guy. And then moved to Brockton. Yeah. Yeah, he was a monster. When he was in his prime, he was a monster. Like people, He would wear that hat that said war on it. <laughs> he would train down at Cape Cod in July, in, uh, in rather January, uh-huh. so it would be in the Ooh, middle of the beach. Him and Hearns went for it for like all-time Oh, my great. goodness. That fucking first round was so crazy. When you watch that first round between Hearns and Hagel, you couldn't believe that this is how they were choosing to fight like this. Oh, guys, guys. <sighs> Listen. Are we wrapping this up? Yes. Well, listen, man. It's been an honor to be on your show. No, it's an honor for you to be on mine, too. Thank it's you very much. It was a great day today. Thank you. Thank you. It was my, I really enjoyed it. We had my a good fucking Bass time. My man Bass came. You know how hard it is to separate him? Pleasure meeting you, man. If you are He's the reason why champion. the world has weight classes. <laughs> world champion, man. <laughs> Me dudes that big, and you go, oh! <laughs> this is like, I remember one time I was in uh, Phoenix, Arizona, and uh, we were late, waiting in line to get into this place, and uh-huh. a dude walked by. And he was like 350 pounds, and he was like six foot nine. Just, and we were like, "Oh, that's what a professional football player looks like." <laughs> it's like when you see one in real life, you're like, "Holy shit!" They can't fit in anything. Big Everything has to be made. Everything right? has to be made. It's everything, horrendous, horrendous. Everything. But anyway, gentlemen, thank you very much for having me on, and like, thank you, you again for being on my show. I, I have to get meal. home and get great to my time. pigeon coop great to check out my birds and stuff. Yeah, we talked birds today too, man. We talked pigeons. We talked everything. Thousand miles. How could a pigeon? They say they have some electronical thing on their yeah. beak, right? Magnetite, right? That's, That's what they, they have. So far. They yeah. have some thing that they think they also have vision that they think allows them to see mm-hmm. like magnetic grids. I mean, pigeons are amazing. They use them all the time to send messages, right? Mm-hmm. They were, yeah. the, they were um, Western Union. They can navigate Magnetic for thousands Express. of miles. Oh, they don't even know how they're doing it. They're just guessing how they're doing it. It's amazing. Wild. They have like a, th- a fucking magnet on their beak. How did, listen. It had something to do with the Bible because Moses, it wasn't a, um, a dove, it was a pigeon because doves doesn't do that. Right, coming. doves don't it deliver messages. It was a messages. pigeon. And, um, no. <laughs> doves are too pretty. Yeah, yeah, they're lazy. They don't have the endurance. <laughs> they don't have the endurance. <laughs> <They're>, <laughs> right, right pigeons are scrappy looking. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. Doves are too beautiful. They're too yeah. easy. That the hawks get the doves yeah. too easy. Oh. Plus, they're delicious. Happy uh, we 420. Got happy 420. Well, there you have it. This is Hot Boxing. That's Mike Tyson. Yes. Our special guest, Joe Rogan. Thank you very much. Have a good one, y'all. Have a good one, everybody.